please talk about this awesome indie movie. And yeah. then he like names something that literally I've never heard of, like a piece of fruit in a cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's this indie movie from Chile. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of the Sincast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com and use the promo code Sincast to save $35 off your first week of deliveries. All right, uh, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And from music video sins, Barrett Share. Hi. And returning to us the second time, Aaron Dicer. Hey, hey guys. Hey. He brought oh. us gifts. Oh, he did you. bring us gifts. <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, I earned that applause. <laughs> <laughs> you were here uh, previously, and we had an awesome episode last oh, time. Thanks, man and uh yeah and uh, tell us uh, tell us your channels and stuff that oh, yeah. you want to send to people too uh if you want to find out more about me you can do so on youtube at your movie friend you can just search your movie friend on youtube subscribe there uh hang out on twitter my name's aaron dicer a-a-r-o-n-d-i-c-e-r so it's just at aaron dicer uh and the podcast is sift pop s-i-f-t-p-o-p we do a weekly pop culture podcast we usually do a movie review from the weekend and then we'll talk about a second topic like a tv show or whatever else is on our minds or we do a best ever challenge where we name the best movies ever in a particular category uh we started a new thing called sift sort where we take an entire grouping and sort it you know from top to bottom so we did like the star wars movies and we have to officially agree on what that order is uh, amongst the guests of the podcast so we have a good time it's a lot of fun nice and you're one of those who sees them all right you gotta you, <laughs> well, what do you mean I, one of those <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean one of the <laughs> uh i see as much as i can this year i was actually i, I saw 150 movies no. uh, Oh, in that's, 2016. that's a lot. <laughs> um, the year before that was about 180, but wow. I, I cut back this year uh, primarily because of a lot of other different creative things that that were happening. Plus, I, I changed my YouTube videos from just a straight talking to the camera review to a more produced five things about the movie kind of review. So I can really only do about two of those a week, which is awesome, by the uh, way. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so. So because of that, I've seen a few less. But yeah, I still try to get to everything if I can. All right. Well, today we're going to continue our series of best of the years we've been alive. And it is 2016, finally. And here's to the fools who dream. <laughs> you're, you're about to be killed by a Zamboni. Oh, excuse me. I'm carrying a dead body and I have a schwanz in my face. So I'm sorry I'm not Kishnerov. You can't even say Bereznikov. That's a good choice. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Would the detour so simple? Would the detour so simple? My dear boy, why do you say that? Why do you say twer? Under roost! We are what happened? Somewhat caught up uh, on all these. I know I uh, jammed as many movies as I could in the last two weeks to the point they're kind of overlapping at this point. But where I, did you jam them? Ah, uh, <laughs> that's the secret at the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, I think we've all been cramming. Yeah. Now, I think before the three of us started cramming, Aaron already had us by like sixty movies, right? Because he's a critic. And because he sees them for a living, he loves them, and he also gets screeners that yeah. we don't get. Um, 
and I'm just going to throw myself on my sword right here and now as the guy who has seen the fewest 2016 movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I apologize in advance if that somehow hurts you or ruins your <laughs> well, listening experience. This is a, we got a, it covered. This is sort of an interesting year because the blockbusters were terrible. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was awful. But the smaller movies were generally good yep. to great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh and uh this cram session that I've had at the end of this, I'm like, whoa, where was all this? Oh, for <laughs> real. When I started getting screeners up until that point, I think for the year I had seven or eight out of, you know, 120 movies or so that I ranked at A minus or higher. Like mm-hmm. very few mm-hmm. good to great movies. And then in the final month when I'm cramming all these screeners, I added another eleven. You know, I yeah. mean mm-hmm. it's just there's Great movie after great movie. It was movie a right backloaded year. Yeah, for because sure. Round about, right, right before we saw Arrival, which was November. Yeah, I that think? was November. That's when it Up started. Up until that point, I was like, God, Deadpool is going to be the best movie of the year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Because yeah. They were, there had been a few here and there, and we'll talk about them more. Yeah. I really like Star Trek Beyond and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The nice guys had come yeah. out. Uh, but there just really wasn't a lot to point to. And then November till now, it's just been chock full of awesome. <laughs> and this is the most I've ever seen it do that. Like, I was, I don't think I've ever had such a disconnect with the release dates of some of these movies that I've had this year. Because a lot of the stuff that came out, it was, I, I just didn't know if we were getting it at, some, you know, like we're in Nashville. So I, I had no idea if we were getting those movies that were getting advertised, you know, Manchester by the sea. I saw the Matt Damon and the K- Casey Affleck ads and mm-hmm. everything. I don't think we got it until much later after that. Maybe it was, maybe it was coming out that week. I yeah. don't know, but I just didn't have any idea. And then like, and then suddenly there were 10 movies that were good that, yeah. came, that and came out. You could see it from, or you could listen to it from the mini pods that we did on all the big movies that came out. And yeah, there were some middling reviews about Civil War and and a, a couple of others, but it almost going back and listen to it. We almost talked ourselves into Jason Bourne. Yeah, <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, what's, no, Jeremy and I actually kind of. What's funny did. is that I just I just finished writing sins for that movie, and I went to town. <laughs> like, if you looked at the the script I wrote, you would never believe that I tried to talk myself into liking that movie. Second viewing, oh, it's not good at all. Well, we yeah. had this run of just you know we didn't want to have these negative reviews of it it was just shitty movie after shitty movie coming out you know well and when we go through a lot of these movies on the top 10 we'll we'll (laughs) you'll see what we're what i'm (laughs) what we're talking about um i will go to start off with 2016 i will go with the one that made the most money rogue one a star wars story it's made 521 million. I almost feel quietly it's made yeah. 521 <laughs> yeah. million. Yeah. Like the I don't feel like this is a movie that people are talking about a lot. No, I th- it has to be the most inessential Star Wars movie ever made, yeah. right? including the prequels. Yeah, oh, well, I know. Yeah, I agree uh, from a story standpoint in terms of like consequence to the universe. Mm-hmm. This is I don't think uh, you could take or leave this. You don't need this. Are you kidding? It fixes, uh, uh, you know, it fixes a new hope. Like, I mean, story wise, that does. I don't give it credit for retconning. A, you don't. A, a plot See, hole. I do. It was one of my favorite things about the movie. But they've right? had four years for. Are people you to talking tell. about the 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 fact that there was somebody on the inside who made the? Yes. Yeah. See, I hated that. Yeah. I hated that. <laughs> I, uh, We're going to disagree with you right out of the game. <laughs> no, listen. Screw you. Thanks listen. for the gift. I mean, the, the, I came prepared because there are several movies well, I know you guys don't like well, that I enjoyed. The thing so. is about me, about what that, what that particular plot fixing did for me was 
if you're going to make a mistake on the Death Star, why don't you make something a lot easier to hit then? Yeah. Yeah, because it would have been caught. Oh, no, it wouldn't have. A new hope no, goes so have. far to talk about how fucking impossible this shot is that they have to like, make. Yeah. There's no way a human being was trying to give them yeah, an opportunity. exactly. That's why I had a problem with it. However, that being said, Rogue One was solid, and we did mm-hmm. review this movie, and we we did enjoy it. Uh, I don't think we were like overwhelmed by it mm-hmm. or anything like that, but... Uh, I think we love the characters and we love how it had balls to do what it did. And, and uh, you know, I mean, the, but the, those characters, like I keep feeling like they I felt like they, they kept trying to make these, like, we're going to have standalone movies for these guys at yeah. some point, you it's, know, it's so the story is terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why I think it's an essential. Yes. Of course it does tie into the sure. larger picture, but it's like, it's like a really good dessert where you're like, well, the meal was even better. Like, that was okay. That was really good, but mm-hmm. I didn't need it, you know? I can see that. Yeah, plus the CGI layout and Tarkin. Yeah. Oh, I'm never going to get over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. you believe how many people didn't notice? I are can't. they being honest? Well, no. Like, I, I okay. don't think they are. This is a larger discussion, by the way. I don't know how far we want to get into it. Uh, there are people who don't notice, and there might be people in this room, for all I know, who don't notice when they get a new TV that it's got that smoothing on it. <laughs> And yeah. that, like, movies look like live. Yeah, yeah. right. Where it's I was, like the news. Yeah. Over the holidays, uh, I was what we were, uh, the family was all watching um, some, what's that bullshit movie that Chloe Grace Moretz was in earlier in the year? Equalize. The Fifth Wave. Oh. The Fifth Wave was uh, was on. Oh. And they, they were watching that for whatever reason. And I was, and, and she was like wa- running on a street. And I was like, man, this looks live. What's going on with this? They had just gotten this TV. Yeah. And I told, I turned to my brother and I was like, you see that, right? Like it looks live. And now he saw it, but everybody else in the room was like, I don't see anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's that whole like graphics acceleration where, yeah. where it refreshes at a, at a bigger rate. Yeah. yeah and you have to just go rate. in there and you cut it off and it looks normal again. Yeah. But then like, of course, after it got cut off, they're like, I don't see any difference. I don't <laughs> see any difference. Yeah. I don't care if you guys don't see any difference. Okay. <laughs> I see it. That's the, per- that's the important thing. Um, so I can see why somebody wouldn't see a digital, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin because, yeah. you know, uh, but even though it was super obvious, but I kept on thinking the other guy was him for the longest time. Oh, uh, yeah. Like it, it might as well have been. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> that's a very weak character, I think. The, the supposed main antagonist of this movie. Yeah. Who, I think I said in the podcast, just pops planets and fails the yeah, whole movie. That's yeah. all he does. <laughs> but he's not very well defined to the point where you could you could believe, oh, the, this is who Tarkin is being played by at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, we've got something special for Tarkin lined yeah. up. An eight-year-old made it. This was <laughs> a tremendously huge year for animation and children's movies, led mostly by Disney, but also Illumination Entertainment. Uh, both of them have multiple entries into the top 10, uh, for the box office finding Dory, which I think you and I, Jeremy did not like at all. I can defend Dory a little bit if you want me to, because I, I did enjoy it. Uh, well, I, I don't want you to defend it. Okay. All like right. I loathed that movie. <laughs> I know because you said it's the same thing. I, it see, is. I think you have something in your craw about like repeating content. Because the beauty and the the beauty and the beast thing you talk about a lot, you know, Disney remaking their anime. Yeah, and I get it, totally get it. But I think what happened with Dory with you is something early on tweaked you that it was the same as Finding Nemo, and that's all you could see. The rest I don't, of the de- way. I don't deny that, but I also think I'm right. Yeah, like, I, there's a beautiful movie under there, a maybe. really emotional movie about 
you know, overcoming obstacles and the, never the, giving up. Didn't and we have all that in the first movie. Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, themes can be repeated, right? So That's I'll go on record. If a movie is unnecessary, I'm not going to like it. Yeah. Right? No, like, yeah, absolutely. There's no reason for me to watch the, all the same stuff. The Beauty and the Beast is a, is a better example because it is it is looking more and more like a shot, literal shot for shot remake. Yeah, yeah. And we watched the trailer when we went to see Moana um, and my wife was like, um, I really want to see that now. And I was like, no, why? <laughs> she was like, but it's pretty. And, it's, and I was like, Wait, just watch the original. Yeah, it's like the shot for shot remake of Psycho yeah. back in 98 or 99, whenever that was. If that it was just... a student project, it's interesting and you probably get an A. As a piece of entertainment for the masses, there's no freaking point. Exactly. For me, though, it wasn't It wasn't so much that it was copying Nemo or anything like that. That's I can see some elements there and whatever. I don't think it was a great copy i just don't think dory makes a great like all I, the way through the movie protagonist i think that's a very fair point um, I, I i completely agree with it's that. also the convenience yeah it, it, that's the other problem that i had with it was just like all the different things like and it may be amusing to a lot of people when they're swimming along and all of a sudden they run into these like sea otter things and then they make them go into traffic and all that <laughs> you know for me it was just oh it was just so annoying you know it was the most it was the most hard to suspend your disbelief pixar movie we've had and mm -hmm. we've had ones with talking toys yeah so that should tell you something you know what i mean yeah That's a good point. Like, i mean so i mean yeah i i don't i don't think you're wrong for for liking it i for me i, I watched this i watched it twice mm -hmm. And even my mom was watching it and going, this seems kind of long. <laughs> like, and she loves Disney movies, you know? And I was like, I, I was like, well, it's only an hour and 40 minutes. Come on. Come <laughs> on, guys. Did you see all the shell pads? I mean, how many shell pads that they just made for Dory just in case? I mean, <laughs> They're stupid. Which we They're send. so stupid. We, we lost our kids. Let's sit here for a really long time and do nothing. Yeah, we send the hell <laughs> that out. That is of not love. That is stupidity. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, parenting does let's make Let's talk us about stupid. something else. Well, I'm, I, I mean, I, I mentioned animation. So we're going through all these Secret Life of Pets. Yeah. Another movie I didn't like. <laughs> no, like no, I, this was such potential wasted. Good voice cast. Yes, a lot of comedians here. Really, actually, I think it's beautiful animation. Mm -hmm. But like the story is so contrived and Toy Story esque, and just a huge, a huge. Well, I swing. went on a record the first time I saw the trailer. As uh, this is an obvious Toy Story. Oh, record, it is. And I'm never going to watch it, and I still haven't. <laughs> but what really pissed me off was that damn rabbit shitting oh, yeah. in the trailer. Yeah. I, any movie that tries to sell me on its comedy by showing me poop yep. has lost me. Yep. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not funny. Like, but try the. You, God, really pissed me was off. A, it was a movie that when I started first started watching it, I was like, Louis C.K. is really killing it for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, he's so funny in this. Yep. And then, yeah, then the adventure starts. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and I've. And I really didn't like the fact that these two dogs that we're supposed to root for, they're assholes. I mean, they're assholes for the first 30 minutes of the movie. Then they get in the adventure and it's like, why am I supposed to be hoping that they get home again? All they, of a sudden they're buddies. Yeah. yeah. They're, and, and I was like, usually you have something that earns this friendship and you say, okay, yeah, I want them to get back home. Mm -hmm. The human owner is not any of any consequence at all either. Yeah, it's because not... it takes place in one day. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> there's ridiculous. There's never a part in there where you see the human owner going, 
Where are my dogs? Yep. Where did they go? I shouldn't have left the windows open. Yes, <laughs> every window is open in this apartment building in New York. Oh my god! I feel so justified in not having watched this um, movie. Absolutely. What did, what did you What did you think about it? I stand I stand with you on your hatred of Secret <laughs> Life of Pets. All right. Good. Uh, it, you mentioned it's a, a clone of Toy Story in so many ways. It even starts with the shot of the exact same Toy Story clouds that Toy Story starts yeah. with. Wow. Uh, yeah. In Toy Story, it's a wallpaper, I think, that it's actually oh, yeah. on. Right. But in here, it's like the real... I mean, it's like the exact same yeah, clouds. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, look, Toy Story. Yeah. We're watching Toy Story. And they <laughs> zoom into New York, yeah. yeah. You got, Well, you know that started with, what if we did a Toy Story and we were talking pets? Yeah. 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 Boom. Yeah. And somebody immediately stamped green light on that paper and yeah. rushed it out the door. Well, we had more talking animals also with Zootopia also coming out. Yeah. Um, now, I have some somewhat seen this movie i have never just sat down and watched it uh i thought jason bateman was fun in it oh he's great but i haven't seen i can't really tell you overall what i think about this I think movie it's what do you pretty got? darn good yeah uh, i really enjoyed it it's it's far superior to something like the secret life of pets uh and you, and you want to compare a good talking animal movie and a bad one uh, it's full of heart. It's got a lot of relevant messages. Yeah, the racism stuff in there is really it's good. Just, it is, mm-hmm. and it's biting too. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't. It does, it's missing five percent of the magic of something like Big Hero Six or Wreck It Ralph for mm-hmm. me. Uh, but it's up there. It's a solid A minus in my book. I've yeah, seen absolutely. this movie about six times. Oh yeah, year. my kid worships this movie, <laughs> and I love it. I mean, yeah, there's some contrivances in there and everything, but I loved everything from like her family on the bunny farm and the care farm. Uh, and you know uh, the interaction between her and Jason Bateman is great. The the whole like you can do whatever you want to type of element to it was really good. Mm-hmm. And the animation is terrific in this, it but is. not it's not the star of the show, but it's just really really solid all the way through. You know, there's yeah. the the scene where they are where she's giving the press conferences and she turns on Bateman's Fox mm-hmm. character without realizing it. Mm-hmm. I found that so powerful about the ways we offend each or hurt each other mm-hmm. without meaning to in whether it's race or gender or whatever that our you know world is dealing with that we don't realize that just because we know our heart and we know what we're saying we still could be hurting someone and that's important. We should realize that. So I there were a lot of instances in, of that in this movie that I thought were really it's good. It's also the best movie from this year that features Shakira. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm throw a, that out. I'm there. gonna have some Shakira words here in a bit when we get to Moana. So okay. let's keep going down the list. All right. So yeah, there are. Uh, like <laughs> I said, thoughts. like the, no, there are a lot. Like okay, so Sing is also in the top ten. I don't think any three of us have seen Sing. Have you seen? I Sing? saw it. Now here's the thing. I took a lot of flack because I did not like this movie, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people really enjoyed this movie. It's just way to uh you know paint by numbers for me you know exactly what's going to happen in the movie uh it's i mean it's american idol with animals you get the concept right away and it never goes anywhere from there mm-hmm. you know so i guess you're supposed to fall in love with the characters but you're not really given enough time with any one of them to really fall in love with them mm-hmm. so this was the year of the movie that was pitched by something with animals yeah, yeah. <laughs> toy story with animals yeah. yeah right racism with animals yeah yeah american, american <laughs> idol with animals right racism with yeah. Animals. yeah 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 <laughs> Let, let's 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 begin with the racism. Now let's add animals. Let's do birth of a nation. Just yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, um, Sing is just one of those movies that just never appealed to me. As soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, 
this reminds me of that movie duets that came out yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. only not animated or whatever and like Paul Giamatti yeah Paul Giamatti cruising yeah and uh and and then it and it's it seems like such a pandering thing now to put music in a movie and everything like pitch perfect and they started making you know all these shows like glee and everything basically that's Shrek's fault yeah there's Partly. Well, or American Idol's fault, one of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just the fact that music is awesome. Yeah. Like, music <laughs> is a great, quick way to communicate something to people in a way that they, like, there's a joy and exuberance to music that, you know, a lot of times just text doesn't do. And so, and that, and if I liked one thing about Sing, it was the music. Like, those pop songs were fun to hear, and it was funny to watch animals doing them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I watched the trailer afterwards, and, you know, you get it all right there in the trailer. So. Yeah. Um, and then okay two more that that made a lot of money Moana Moana which I haven't seen and Trolls which I haven't seen well I can't speak to Trolls but I saw Moana not even a week ago and I really liked it Um, which is funny because for four weeks my wife has been begging me to go to Moana and the timing has just not worked out like okay let's go but they changed the show time and then we get this other thing and so finally we broke down I was not looking forward to this at all I I knew it would be a short brief Disney animated romp and my wife would have a good time we walk out and we're on our way to the car and I was like I really enjoyed that she was like you did (laughs) I didn't like it at all and I was like what Um, she didn't like it no and I don't know good I don't know what the deal is like I think I was smiling the whole time Um, the rock is charming in everything that he does Uh, I really appreciated the unique cultural setting of this movie it's not something okay speaking of toy story with animals this is not something i've seen before right. yeah and there's no goddamn forced love interest mm-hmm. there's oh, no yeah. love interest at all mm-hmm. it is not about love mm-hmm. and it's she's like the most atypical princess there's even a line in the movie where he says your dad's a king you have a talking animal sidekick you're a princess <laughs> um, by the way the talking animal sidekick who doesn't talk he just chirps is voiced by alan tudyk Oh, nice. <laughs> it's a chicken named Hey Hey. And I did not even think it was voiced by a person. And I get home and I'm scrolling through the cast and I was like, this motherfucker got paid to go into a sound booth and go. <laughs> and it's one of the funniest things in the whole movie is that chicken, in my opinion. No, the chicken's great. I, I was surprised the pig didn't come with her, too, because I was glad had... he didn't, though. Yeah, no, I was, too. I thought that was the right call. And this movie makes a lot of right calls. It, like, does. it, it understands, you know, what its purpose is, what, you know, the audience is going to want from it. And it just. It goes to the right place. I love the way it ends. Yeah, like, I do too. Uh, very really diverse music. And I loved the ending too. I think that's one of the things that bothered my wife because she was all like, well, what happened? And I was like, well, she, you know, she did the lullaby that's, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> what's her name does on Hulk? You know, she basically, <laughs> um, I thought it was beautiful and poetic. It, it merges uh, both, you know, cultural history and uh I guess, fantasy elements, magic, mystical elements uh, in a really, really strong way. My biggest gripe, though, is that as soon as the movie is over, fucking Shakira comes on (laughs) butchering one of the songs from this movie. um, And it, it really bothered me. I, I think we need to be done with the, oh, the people in the movie didn't do it good enough, so let's get, you know, a pop singer to do yeah. another version of it thing. Like, do we need that? Like, if, if the version in the movie works... No, and, and that's that's what they didn't the do for Frozen. You know, the uh, Adele Dazeem. Yeah. <laughs> <Dina Bazell. laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that was the version that got out there as right. opposed to the Peebo Bryson doing Beauty yeah, and the exactly, Beast and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. Uh, anything to say about Trolls or the less we say about it, the better? <laughs> Great Tro- theme song. Uh, yeah. It, although, boy, I would have liked to have seen Sing Street get a song in the in the Oscar yeah. as opposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to the Trolls song. But um, 
it's likable enough. It's it's just it's a cupcake. Yeah. You know, it's pretty and beautiful and it tastes all right and you're going to forget about it pretty quickly. Uh, I don't mean to completely steer this in animation. I know if there's people who hate it animation. Was, no, it was a year for animation. It really yeah, totally. was. But there's two other ones that I did not see that have gotten critical acclaim and are nominated for Oscars. Uh, that would be Red Turtle and Kubo and the Two Strings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Kubo you, and the Two did Strings. Did you not like Kubo? I loved it. Oh, it okay, is good. so depressing. It, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean... My I actually emailed Jeremy for something unrelated and it just said, you know, we had watched it and that my kid had liked it. Uh, you know, he's eight years old and he did, but he had this weird look in his eyes and I was like, all right. And I went to take him to bed. He was bawling. Oh, oh wow. poor guy. Because yes, it has a wonderful spiritual message yeah. underlying, but at face value, it is depressing as balls. Mm, okay. Uh, so, yeah. No, well, that's, and it's that's a technical fair. wonder too, right? Oh, it's gorgeous! This is I was so happy. Movie. I was so happy to see it get the nomination for visual effects because yeah. it deserves it. Mm -hmm. It is gorgeous. Uh, it is it is one of the most beautiful stop motion things I've ever seen on screen. Mm. I think there is some CG in there. I don't think they've said it's all stop motion, um, but it is it is absolutely gorgeous, and uh, I I think it's a beautiful movie. And yeah, you're right. Some of the themes are a little bit deeper in this. Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. I you know. But for me, you know, I'm a grown adult. I can, you know, go to bed without crying after <laughs> watching it. had a great it, trailer, but... very soulful trailer that sold me on the movie. I just haven't seen it yet. I also have to be honest. Uh, I did not think, again, I I go into movies about as pure as I can. I don't watch trailers. I try not to read too much about them. I want to just experience the movie and then go find that other stuff. I didn't know any of the voice cast. Mm -hmm. I generally go into animated movies not knowing who the voice cast are. I did not realize it was Matthew McConaughey, and that yeah. blows my mind because he has such a distinct voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it reminded me of Guardians. Oh. Uh, you know the fact that I didn't recognize Bradley Cooper. You know right off the bat either. So I was impressed because I didn't think uh, McConaughey. Man, if I didn't know Bradley Cooper was voicing that raccoon, I would never. Yeah, get I would no. It's completely it. different. Yeah. 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 Um, what uh, can you say anything about Red Turtle? Have you seen? Sure. That? Yeah, I saw Red Turtle. Uh, it is fabulous. Yeah. It's. Um, there's very little dial. In fact, almost zero dialogue in the entire movie. Mm -hmm. I'm sold already. And yeah. it is beautiful. It is metaphoric. It's uh, it, it's a great experience. It finally reaches here in Nashville, like uh, February 10th. I think this episode uh, is after February 10th, right? Yeah. So it will sound weird that you know, <laughs> but we have. I haven't seen it. But it will be coming out uh, in the next few days. It's finally going to get here two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. Uh, all right, what else do you guys want to talk about? Well, let's talk about Deadpool because that was. Yeah. I still yeah. think like history might look at this as Deadpool's year. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes Barrett and I like to discuss like who had whose year in music was it this year. Um, and if, if, if we're talking about movies in the same kind of light, I still think Deadpool was the biggest surprise mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how good it was, of how much money it made uh, and how much influence it spawned, because that is a direct relation to the Logan movie. We're getting mm -hmm. this final Wolverine yep. movie, getting the green light to be as R as they want. Uh, and that's a character that should always have been R rated. Mm -hmm. um, and so here in a month or two, we're going to get mm -hmm. Logan and that's going to be R rated. Trailers look fantastic. That's all because of Deadpool. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, boy, I really, really enjoyed this. And I'm, I'll be honest, there was a, a, a CinemaSins fan that recognized me sitting to my right, staring at me. 
<laughs> watching oh my, my reactions God. to the movie. <laughs> and I still loved this freaking yeah. movie. Even though, now, that is normally the kind of thing that will throw off the entire experience. Yeah. But this movie has so much fun. Yeah. Just bursting at the seams. It's a perfect movie to play on HBO in the background oh, while yeah. you're doing menial tasks. You can pop in and out of it. Uh, the time structure works perfectly. And Ryan Reynolds is born to play this. He's as as perfectly cast as Robert Downey Jr. was as Iron Man, yeah. if not more so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the movie succeeds primarily on that casting. I think Reynolds was made to play Deadpool. Well, mm-hmm. and he probably is the one that leaked the test footage anyway, because he's been pretty coy about it. But there were only three people that had access to it, and he was one of them. Well, that was I was a little worried about this movie when I first saw the trailer for it, to be honest with you, because the breaking of the fourth wall is not something that we should welcome in a movie right. in general. Uh, and the trailer that got leaked from San Diego Comic Con, the dude who was in the back who, who like recorded it, I'm sitting there going, "How did how did he get away with that?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's just sitting there. Um, but uh, but I watched it and I was like, "Oh my man, seriously, is this what is this the movie we're getting? Is a bunch of just like self reference, you know, like and these like did I leave the oven on yeah. and all that type of stuff? I was just like, no. And then I watched it and I. I was just like okay this works the way it presented it's it. because it goes for it all yeah. these we're, yep. we've always talked about marvel movies of being squashed into a mold regardless of the director mm-hmm. you know once they the, the suits get a hold of it this one just says fuck it yeah. literally from the opening credits yeah, exactly. you know you're in for a completely different film that just tears all down all the walls down for yep. what you should expect uh, you liked it, right? I did. It's it's definitely on my best of the year list. I don't think I liked it quite as much as most people did. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with, I think if you strip away the self-referential stuff and, you know, all that, I don't know that there's really much of a plot here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and again, I don't know that it needs it because it's oh, yeah. not necessarily that kind of movie. Right. But, you know, looking at it in that way, I don't know that, you know, 15 years from now you watch it and you go okay well what is it about Mm -hmm. imagine that movie doing all of that and having some you know depth to it some like meaning to it and i think it goes to a whole other level that's why it was cinnable basically is Mm -hmm. because it does have this loose narrative structure that is kind of relying on cliches and things like that yeah i couldn't i couldn't wrap my brain around some of the self-referential stuff too like the mentioning of other marvel movies like actors that play yeah and i'm going like my brain exploded we actually actually send that in the uh, send video because when he does do self-references and he's saying when it basically says i'm ryan reynolds well then why isn't he constantly hounded for autographs as Ryan Reynolds then? Uh, when he references, you know, when they ask, they're taking him to the X Mansion and he's like, is it going to be McAvoy or Stewart? Right. You're like, okay, well, now you're making it sound like, you know, you know that you've watched the movies yeah. of X-Men rather than being in that world of exactly. X-Men. Exactly. And, uh, and that's, and that's. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah. But that's where the sin but comes from. There's yeah. no way to make it make sense in your brain. Yeah. There's, no, there's no, no, no. no way. Yeah, but that rules. is always who Deadpool has been. He has always known he was in a comic book. Right. Mm-hmm. He's always referenced other comic book arcs and stories yeah. and talked directly to the reader. Um, as long as you don't do too much of that, like, I like the fourth wall breaking stuff. 
more than I liked the self-referential stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked the joke about a, a fourth wall break within a fourth wall break. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, 16 yeah. walls. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's way Especially funnier. the way he delivers yeah. that, too. <laughs> That's way funnier than, you know, the stuff you were talking about where he says, you know, McAvoy or Stewart. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or we see the actual cover of Ryan Reynolds or we see the picture of the the other Deadpool he played yeah, in yeah, that yeah. movie. Uh, that stuff's not as funny for me. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, and yet another huge year for comic book movies. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a banner year for comic no, book wasn't. movies. After you have Deadpool, you have four shitty movies. Yeah. Oh, come on. You have <laughs> Batman v. Batman Superman. v. Superman. Okay, I'll give you Suicide that. Squad. I'll give you that one, too. You have X-Men Apocalypse. Yep, and you, you have, okay, not shitty, but Civil War, not nearly as good as it should be. I agree with that statement. I, th- I enjoy Civil War more than Winter Soldier mm-hmm. or Ultron, but not that much more. I could watch that airport scene on repeat. You I, know, I just, I love that scene. I love that scene too, but I, I think the reason I love it is, is Spider-Man, because they, they finally get the tone right with Spider-Man. Like, when you have a metal arm, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but Spider-Man in no way should be a part of this fight. He's a 15-year-old kid, and this is supposedly a fight to the death, right? And it's always bothered me that, oh, come on, Underoos, and he swings in, and I'm like, that guy's going to tip the battle? Right. It's, like, it's like, what's your name? Cocking her guns in the yeah. first Avengers movie. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I am, I am very impressed, but it takes a little away from that scene for me to know that it was essentially 100% CGI. Uh, the only things that aren't CGI are people's faces who don't have a mask on their costume. Mm-hmm. So Iron Man, Ant-Man, Spider-Man, in that scene, all CGI. Uh, and it's just a little less thrilling to me. I don't To know, know that? Well, it's not the same as Tom Cruise hanging on the side of an mm-hmm. airplane, where my brain knows right. that really happened. Yeah. This is frightening. He might actually be peeing himself right now. <laughs> Uh, I do think the airport scene is good. I'm t- I'm tired of Bucky. I'm sorry yeah. if you're like the very Bucky Bucky fan in the world, but this is the third fucking movie where all Steve does is bitch about Bucky and whine about Bucky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I had a childhood best friend, had no fucking clue where they are right now in life. You know, I t- I'm, t- I'm tired of Bucky. Well, if the next movie with them has like a Bucky centric thing, I'm going to be pissed. And <laughs> and let's not forget one of the most convoluted and impossible villain plans ever put yep. into a Absolutely. Film. That was my biggest problem with the movie is it makes no sense from the villain's perspective. Like yeah. how in the world is that supposed to happen? That that's a movie I'd like to see from the villain's perspective. I'd like to see him do all this stuff in a year. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, know, seriously. do you tell me how he how how he came with like he's Mr. Bumfuck from this uh, <laughs> you know, this dumbass country that just got thrown thrown like uh, into the war in all Age of Ultron and decides I'm going to find out about all these people's little picadillos <laughs> and I'm going to make them fight somehow some way Let's not in forget a year. That magic MacGuffin in the wall in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Cleveland? Right. Give me a break. Yeah. Was, it, was it in? It was in Civil War, right? Where they drown the guy whose nose was above the waterline. Yep. Yeah. That yep. always yeah. stood yep. out to me. I yeah. Mean, that was in that. That was in that apartment scene in Cleveland. Yeah. That was the. Like, uh, that's what. Yeah. That's why I thought about. It. I was like, he's he's not. There's no. That's yeah. Not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and if you think, I mean, I, I do think the movie suffers from too many characters. It's trying to service as many people as it can, and we do get a cool Spider-Man moment. We do get a cool Black Panther moment, but. You know, cool individual moments are not going to add up for me. There's no stakes in mm-hmm. that fight. You want to talk about, like, c- compare that fight to Rogue One in terms of whether or not there are stakes. Well, Rogue One, maybe they go a little too far with the stakes. But here, I was never in any doubt. 
but did nobody's you feel, gonna die. Did you feel stakes in the in the Iron Man Captain America stuff? Like no. that fight that see I did. I, I have, yeah, yeah. I have said this before, I'm gonna get roasted online again, but you could swap <laughs> Tony and Captain America's opinions on this topic, and I it, may, it would play just the same for me. I totally agree with that, by the I way. I do, too. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, the fight itself, too, doesn't seem to have any stakes either because um, I we all know they're going to be good in the end. Yeah. There's not going to be – there's nobody who's going to die from this. Yeah. There's not going to be any hurt feelings over this. They're going to yeah. be the same thing yeah. – uh, after this movie, well, and the one guy who does get hurt has magic new legs five minutes later. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. And so this is my great concern with Infinity War is that we've already gotten confirmation of all these characters from these other films that are going to be in it, like the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in it. And we're going to have like 35 people we're trying to give whammy moments to. And it's just going to either be bloated or none of it's going to It's going to be the fight scene in Anchorman 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. Yeah. And, you know, not, not not to mention that they're fighting an all-powerful space god. Yeah. And I don't know what Tony's missiles and Cap's shield are going to do in that circumstance. Uh, but anyway, uh, I don't hate Civil War. Sure sounds like I do. <laughs> uh, speaking of an uh, all-powerful space god, can we talk about Doctor Strange? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed Doctor Strange. And I didn't, I, didn't list that yeah. on the, I didn't list that in that grouping there. But, yeah, that was actually probably the second best of the comic book movie oh yeah uh benedict cumberbatch was a real perfect choice for that i think Mm -hmm. they got the tone of the movie very right uh the humor is perfect in that movie i love we have basically the uh the magic carpet from aladdin you know in the the cape oh that's such Uh, a funny scene yeah when he's beating that guy's head over and over and over yeah (laughs) Uh, we reviewed this movie so i don't want to hit all the same talking points uh but i really enjoyed it it's visually stunning like some of the stuff they're able to pull off makes inception look like 1920s era Hollywood yeah. stuff, yeah. you know. Uh, so yeah, I, re- I really liked it. I'd like to see where they go with this character. I am concerned that the entire movie was to create an excuse to reboot anything Marvel they want with just putting it in a multiverse. Like, oh, it's a it's a parallel universe. Here's what Spider Man looks like in that universe. Yeah, and we want to reboot, you know, Iron Man. This is the way they're going to do it, yeah. and I'm pretty positive that's how they're going to um, go. About yeah, that. But, yeah. Isn't, but isn't that a comic book thing? I mean, isn't that what comic books did? Is they you know did the same kind of nonsense to you know create different? Okay, but you're talking to somebody who's not going to go read every brand new rebooted Iron Man story, right? Right? Because again, I, what beats are you going to hit? that are going to matter to me that I want to see an Iron Man origin story again. Oh, well, it's not in the desert this time. It was in the forest where right. I don't even, what are you going to change? Yeah. It's already perfect. It's already, you see what th- the problem is that Hollywood seems to think that old movies are not getting watched. Yeah. And that, and that we need to reboot them to revive them and put them back on. The, well, if you like a movie, you're going to keep watching it. I've watched White Christmas every year for my entire life. That's 41 years I've been watching that movie every year. If they remake White Christmas, what's the point? Yeah. Are they exposing it to, to a new audience that doesn't know the movie exists? Are you saying you wouldn't watch the new one every year after that? You'd still watch the old I'd one? i burn the new one every year after that. <laughs> People are still going to watch Iron Man, the original Iron Man, yeah. because that was what encapsulated what ended up being this MCU. And it's the best of all the Marvel movies. Exactly, yet. exactly. And this one, Doctor Strange hits a lot of those same beats. But mm-hmm. the problem is, we've seen those beats before. Yeah. They're fun. They're exciting. Yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, we're we're treading on the same territory. Well, in the in the whole process is getting a little, little long in the tooth now. I mean, you know, Marvel's been doing this for a while, and you can you're starting to feel that you know, okay, let's try something new. Let's do something different than all these superhero movies. And so there's I think no it, end in sight. No, no, and I mean that's the design, right? That's yeah. the entire design yeah, of it. And that's so. been my biggest argument that they need to start allowing these good guys, like you know, I mean, the two that I always think of in this, Edgar Wright and uh, Shane Black. They just let them do what they can do to a movie, then their brand will sell the movie. It mm. doesn't have to look the same as everything else. I know that there's a marketing guy somewhere who's saying, we got to make this look like everything else or yeah. people won't know. No, you sold Guardians of the Galaxy. You saw what Deadpool did. You need to start making things different and letting these auteurs do their do their thing and like make the movie the way that they envision it. Uh, and stop making it look like everything else. It's just, it is going to be a fatigue at some point. You're killing the goose, as they say in Glengarry <laughs> Glen Ross. There's going to be a point where there, that people are going to say, all right, I, I'm, I've had enough of this. It's not going to happen soon, but there is going to be a point. I think what's going to happen sooner than you think. Because the DC universe is, has pretty much lost fans mm -hmm. now batman v superman made a shit ton of money and so did suicide squad and some guy at warner brothers is like fuck you yeah. i went and made a hundred billion dollars <laughs> la -da -da. but um they've already lost the faith of the fans right because mm -hmm. like okay two days ago it came out that affleck's no longer going to direct the next standalone batman movie um and i've read at least two rumors that he, he may be slowly severing himself from it completely as in mm -hmm. he won't even act in it uh, but what I saw predominantly, and not just amongst my fans on Reddit and Twitter, was please God, not Snyder. Don't mm -hmm. let Snyder near it. Like the, <laughs> the main comic book movie fans have realized we've gone in a bad direction here. Mm -hmm. So those movies are going to be a harder sell moving forward. Yeah. Beginning with Wonder Woman, which I've heard may be disappointing. Well, <clears throat> that was the funny thing about when they they did all these trailers. Was it the last San Diego Comic Con where they did like Wonder Woman, and then they did. Uh, uh, they did uh, the Justice League and yeah. all these trailers yep. came out like I, I, I was I was sitting there going people were excited about Skull Island and all these <laughs> the, I was like this is gonna be garbage guys you yeah. guys are excited about this like just imagine what we're gonna feel like when the movie's about to come out like you saw the trailer now and you're excited because you were in San Diego and you feel like you're special but like <laughs> like now you <laughs> But now, like now that Skull Island's about to come out, I'm like, those trailers look awful. Like well, you can't. They not only look bad, but the only thing that's even interesting about Skull Island is the uh, eventual King Kong versus Godzilla thing that they're trying to build mm -hmm. to. Which the way they did Godzilla is pointless and stupid. Right. You got to make you got to make King Kong literally as big as the Empire State Building mm -hmm. at this point if you want him to hold his own against that Godzilla. Yeah. So, I, and it doesn't appear as though they've made him that big. So, I want to know how that's going to, is he just going to jump on Godzilla's head and like beat him from behind? <laughs> yeah. Choke him out? Like, how's that going to work? Whatever happens, no one's going to win because they're going to have the sequel and they're going to have, you know, a rubber match. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, the, anyway, uh, to complete my point, I think the DC Universe has, has already lost comic book fans through, through shittiness. Mm -hmm. I think the MCU is going to slowly lose them through sameness mm -hmm. repetition yeah. yeah repetition because you, you already have trouble telling civil war any of the captain america second and third movies and the avengers sequel they're all bleeding together yeah uh and and i was tired of it a while before i'm pickier than the average person average people are going to catch up oh i was just going to say some you know some foods you don't get tired of as quickly that you know like i could eat pizza for every meal you know for some people that's it's, not true 
It's well, I could. I'm not saying everybody could. <laughs> I actually don't and, think that's true. If you had pizza for every meal, it would be a less less than two weeks before you were like, God, give me some broccoli, give me some salad, I am, anything, even good things. If give, you're if you're buying, I'm willing to test this thesis of yours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm only gonna buy you like CCs or something shitty, I'm, Totinos. Oh, man, I'm not gonna CCs. buy you good pizza. Okay, <laughs> let's talk in brief about Batman v Superman. <laughs> we don't need to really unhatch it, but it's another movie that. Not only is it just bad on the surface, it's bad because they're trying to introduce characters. Again, I don't, I do not agree with this stuff that they're doing with all these uh, Marvel or DC, mm-hmm. where they're just like, let's stick all these advertisements in movies now yeah. for stuff that's coming out. Let's get people excited now. the The previews outside of the movie will get people excited about Aquaman. They'll get excited about the Flash. I don't need to see it in Batman v Superman. Well, especially because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, a lot of that Flash stuff in Batman v Superman is nonsense. You right. Have no yeah. idea what it's about. Right. Yeah. And so the mo- the movie itself is bad. And then, like again, the the probably this might be the number one cynical moment of 2016 is the Martha thing. Oh. God. Oh yeah. <laughs> I believe there was a point where somebody said we really need to have an emotional connection with these two like their moms that that's it they love their moms their moms are both named martha let's let's do this and they didn't think about what that was going to look like on a big screen no and, and it looks awful and it's, oh it's laughable from the first moment oh I it mean, is it's, yeah it's awful it, they're just i think we send that one moment five or six different ways <laughs> yeah because yeah. there's so many different things about it that's just wrong calling your own mom martha yeah. um like getting upset because someone says martha yeah. uh just and just the fact that that you were wailing on this dude because he's evil in your mind yeah. and now suddenly no why'd you say that why'd you say martha of all the words you could say why'd you say one of the most common female names in north america <laughs> this movie is bad from conceptualization on Mm -hmm. the fact that bruce wayne or batman is targeting superman in addition to lex Luthor being in there which has nothing to do really with the overall point it's it's executed poorly it's edited poorly it's written poorly it's conceptualized everything is bad about this i remember when we had the mini pod about it we were again talking ourselves into Ben Affleck we were like you know hey i guess it's a pretty good performance and he does have that good warehouse scene yeah but it's, he's also the thinnest kid at Fat Camp, as I said that time. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah, you know, he is in any other movie. This would be a bad performance. Yeah, but, uh, it, it by contrast, it stands out. So I anyway. think one of the stupidest things about the movie is that they keep assigning Clark Kent sports coverage. Yeah, go yeah. write about football. <laughs> what the fuck yeah i thought he was an investigative journalist and then like in the extended cut we actually see some of the football do games really? that's yes, we do. That's yes we do and it's like it's like uh yeah you know how those gothamites like their football is a <laughs> fucking line that's in that movie yeah i remember that like in everything that i've ever seen about gotham they're always talking about football in there hey if you watch uh the dark knight rises uh they don't like football because that stadium's like mostly empty we yeah, joked okay. about it we yeah. need a Jaguars joke in our sins video yeah because that stadium's so empty and they're kicking off like yeah. they're doing the national anthem kicking oh, yeah. off and no one's there so gotham does not like their football uh, let's switch off then and speak another briefly about suicide squad another horrible horrible movie another movie that squeezes a flash advertisement in 
Yeah. 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 It's 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 so awful. I, I you know what the for me the primary thing about DC versus Marvel, if you want to go there, and I don't even know that you have to, but I think it's likability. Like I don't like any of these DC characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should love Superman. Like he should be, you know, truth, justice, the American way. I don't even like the guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in in the Marvel movies, for all their flaws, man, you love these people. Like, yeah. you know, you mm-hmm. want to hang out with Captain yeah. America and Iron Man and you know, the Hulk, even you know, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk is, you know, really likable. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's one of the primary differences. And I come out of Suicide Squad or Batman v Superman. I'm just like, I don't like any of those people. Why don't I want to spend time with them? You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's just a piece of trash. Yes, that's just a movie's terrible. Um, another one that was just slightly above <laughs> Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman was X-Men Apocalypse. Uh-huh. We don't have to talk about this very long either, but that's another movie that has way too many characters. Yeah. Where at this point now, like X-Men's always been that way, but... Yeah, but, they, they it, but that's even together. more than normal in this one, though. They've always held it together for the first two, always in the in the six or seven movies, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, you know, the first X Men was very good. Second X Men was very very good, and then First Class was was good, and then um, Days of Future Past I thought was all right. Uh, and then this one just falls apart, and mm-hmm. it's the same characters. Has a great Quicksilver scene, but uh, other than that, like it, it's just complete silliness well yeah. when, once you start getting into the world of gods i'm telling you thanos yeah mm. it's the same thing yeah, yeah. infinity war is going to be the same yeah. deal uh and there's never any believable way that they get defeated in these movies like in apocalypse it just i mean come on yeah he starts off as being like the most intimidating character of all time yeah and then and all because of some weird loophole with the way he talks through xavier yeah uh, and and she he can somehow still talk to yeah. Jean Grey and all that and not notice it and all of their stuff. It's like, frequency. It's just um, <laughs> I just I what yeah. Once you start getting into that, when it's the world of gods, it's it's impossible to root for your superheroes the to, way you usually do. To take a jump back to Doctor Strange, it's the only one I've seen do it well because it takes what is impossible about that situation that the only thing you can do to a super god is annoy them. Yeah, and yeah. makes it their downfall. It makes he, it freaking hilarious yeah. right. one so of the greatest not, scenes of 2016 was yeah that. he's not you know knocking him down with powers or explosions he's just annoying the snot out yeah. of him yeah. he's like okay go away yeah. you know yeah smart that's, characters that's being smart beautiful yeah yeah we're uh, talking about something good yeah let's go <laughs> let's go to the good how about la la land let's do oh, it oh you went right to the good oh man talk about good feelings i mean besides kind of towards the the middle part or you know 75 percent of the way through a smiling almost the entire way through oh, this yeah. thing. i mean it's just so charming you don't think it has the emotional depth until the end and then the end just smacks you in the face yeah. yeah, yeah. I think this movie is a lot deeper than it looks, um, and has a lot more to say below the surface. Um, and I thought I thought it was magical. Mm-hmm. Now I, I have just been informed by my brother today that he watched it and did not like it. Oh yeah, and that he thought it was cute and charming, but it was way overhyped. Now I do think you get to a point when a movie has as many accolades and awards as this one. Where you do subconsciously get sick of hearing this is the greatest movie ever, mm. and then you and it, that cannot help but affect the way you see it. Um, but I don't understand how you don't see the magic in this. I told you guys in a previous podcast, I felt like I was watching, you know, one of the classic musicals, like yeah. singing in the rain at moments. I was getting the same vibes or the White Christmas. Um, I just, I just freaking adore it. Mm. I don't understand the backlash, but apparently there's enough of it there for SNL to mine a whole skit out of oh, it. Oh, the Aziz and Sari skit? 
it was yeah it, it's perfect because i've heard that from a lot of people you know are going and seeing it now and just like yeah that was good i enjoyed it but what is this about 14 oscar nominations yeah. like how is that possible and i'm just like Man, the experience I had was euphoric yeah. with that movie. Uh, they're not the greatest singers or dancers in the world, but that's kind of part of the charm. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And, I and agree. a lot of those songs were sung on set, mm-hmm. uh, which adds for some beautiful moments where I think there's laughter in one of the songs that they do because they kind of mess it up a little yeah. bit, but they keep going anyway. <laughs> Love that stuff. Uh, I don't think Emma Stone, even though she got a nomination, I don't think she's getting near enough credit for her performance in this. Yeah. Some of those audition scenes are jaw dropping yeah. first one she is she almost makes you cry yeah with yeah. an audition piece before she gets interrupted and it's even more heartbreaking after that right. yeah her performance of the audition song you know we it's it's a very common thing to hear that they don't have the, the greatest voices ever uh i mean compared to like the rock and moana uh, <laughs> and they're great vocalists right but you know a lot of what makes a song good or bad is is when it is performed with emotion Right. Like I was I played the piano growing up and my piano teacher always told me you play with such emotion. And I was like, well, I make a lot of mistakes. And she was (laughs) like, but you play with passion. You you're feeling this music. A lot of people who don't make mistakes can play it like a metronome and it's not going to move. It's a computer program, not a song. Yeah. Uh, And her performance of that audition song is powerful. And I we talked a little bit earlier and and we'll talk more later about the Oscars. But I I hope to God she gets to perform that song at the Mm -hmm. ceremony and they don't like bring in, you know, Amy Grant. To sing audition, Adina Menzel. What I what I liked about Amy Grant. I don't know. I'm just, I'm Brandon Routh and now Amy Grant. I'm just pulling weird names out of my ass all day. What I what I like about uh, La La Land is that it has a very uh, Annie Hall feel to mm-hmm. it. Uh, it is it this this musical doesn't have a plot that is like most romantic films in, in general. Uh, where you know it has a very like predictable beginning, middle, and end. Uh, the ending somewhat cheats, but it's yep. a great cheat. It is a great cheat, yeah. and uh, and it's one of those. That's what really finally made me think this is really like Annie Hall yep. was was by the end of it. Um, and so that's what I liked about it. It's not got this you know like t- tied up in a bow type of ending to it. Very charming all the way throughout. And you're talking about the Emma Stone audition. Yeah, that was great. And what's great is the non-audition part of it afterwards when the person is like like interrupting her audition. Yeah. Just the expression on her oh, face geez. says it's it all. Incredible. Like I can't say I can't show that this is bothering me, but it's bothering me and it's written on my face. And, and now I've lost the moment, I've lost the character. And they don't even let her finish. Yeah. They wrap up the audition yeah, after right. that. You got interrupted. You were killing it, but I forgot that. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I, th- I, I think I said this before, too, but I think that that first audition we see is really important because when she does have career success later on in the film, I feel like it's earned. And all yeah. we ever saw were the, the shit auditions where she was like doing the bad cop line readings yeah. or what have you. Then it wouldn't feel earned at the yeah. end. You'd feel like, oh, OK, well, but, but we've seen her talent from moment one. We know mm-hmm. it's there. But that's the whole point of the movie is how you earn that. What is the sacrifice in life to earn your success? And it deals with relationships. It deals with, you know, the pain of auditions. It deals with all that stuff. It's really textured and really layered. And I love that stuff. Not to mention, we haven't even talked about how incredibly shot it is. That opening one shot scene is mind blowing. This movie announces itself early of of what it's going to be. You know, a big musical number with all these colors and all these lights. Mm -hmm. Never cuts away. Right. Yeah. And the way that he does it, man, Damien Chazelle is just 
I, I can't believe he's had this much success with the the first two movies. It's it's amazing. And all I've got to say is, is even if you don't like La La Land, you have to make you have to know that this guy is going to be bringing us something new or mm-hmm. or like something that's going to command attention every time he comes out with a new movie. Yeah. Is he doing and the I, Neil Armstrong thing next? Oh, is, is that he? what I heard? He's that would doing be rad. Neil, yeah. I don't know how Neil Armstrong's going to play jazz in space, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you do wonder if all his movies will have a musical element. Right. Yeah. Um, he was a terrific saxophonist. Neil Armstrong yeah. was? Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Now we know <laughs> why he's doing fact. it. The other day, HelloFresh sent a box to to this house, and it had three meals in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Barrett came over, and uh, we cooked together. We had a <laughs> cooking party, and it was like it was like a rom-com. Except yeah. you know, yeah. uh, it was it was it was the buddy scene. Yeah, where like we get into shenanigans, but That's nobody right. like sliced an appendage That's off right. or anything like that. But it was all in this HelloFresh uh, meal kit. It was fantastic. We got uh, the the meal that was the citrus shrimp, mm-hmm. and uh, we cut up some peppers and mm-hmm. some onions, and and uh, we started cooking that in a pan. Put some shrimp down on it, and then like had all this like orange and lemon juice type stuff on mm-hmm. it and everything. And man, was that delicious. Yeah, it was. It was so freaking yeah, was. good. Easy to follow directions. Man, we couldn't miss. Uh, everything is in that box. Yeah, my wife and go. I have a hard time eating healthy and cooking home-cooked meals for a couple of reasons. One is convenience. Uh, the big one for my wife is uh, wasting, wasting of mm-hmm. food, right? You buy an onion to sprinkle some onion on your taco or your salad, then you got three quarters of an onion in your fridge for two weeks and you throw it out. And you know, she's trying to be environmentally conscious uh not waste food not she hates throwing away food mm. um and we also don't have a ton of time it, it's hard for us to find a recipe go buy all the ingredients bring it home and then but that those are the two key factors i think with hello fresh right because i got the i got the meal that was uh beef and broccoli stir fry mm-hmm. it was this asian infused noodle stir fry thing it was amazing uh but everything in that box is measured mm-hmm. right they don't send you too much of anything yeah, you exactly. use everything that's there there's no food waste and all the recipes are designed to take 30 minutes and ours took almost exactly 30 minutes mm-hmm. and then we both just sat there going mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and it also exposed us to well cooking techniques and foods that we weren't used to right because i don't i don't very often bring home a hunk of ginger peel it off and then mince it and put it in a pan to start getting my aromatics going Mm -hmm. i don't often do that but we got to do that it was pretty freaking awesome um so we're definitely on board my wife has already been on the website looking for more meals and and how to get signed up uh, because it's ticking all the boxes we were looking for and a way to do meals together that didn't waste food and didn't waste time yeah it's delivered right to your door Mm -hmm. which is terrific it's all in this like kind of vacuum sealed yeah it's like a box and a little there's like a like an aluminum foil bag of Mm -hmm. some sort and then there's like an ice block in there that keeps everything cold yeah fresh ingredients all natural it's fantastic i was on their website last night and they have like a nutritionist that like oversees every single recipe to make sure the diets are balanced Mm -hmm. and that they're generally healthy and um not everybody's gonna do that there are plenty of services out there that want to sell you something fast and cheaper than you can get it somewhere else but uh you know that's an important part of the whole thing for me because i can cook at home and eat hamburgers and fries every night right and i want to eat healthier while also you know spending time with my wife and making Mm -hmm. a meal together so yeah yeah, um we loved it ultimately it was delicious and and all three of them i got got thumbs up oh yeah uh from everybody who tried them out 
you can get $35 off of your first week. $35! 35 bucks. That's insane! That is That's actually right. pretty insane. By going to HelloFresh.com and uh, entering Syncast when you subscribe. Yeah. So uh, do that. That's a great deal. It's well worth, well worth it. Let's talk a little bit about what's going to be up for Oscar and Best Picture. We did talk about La La Land. Uh, what are some other notables out of the best picture race that you'd like to talk about? Well, we haven't talked about Arrival, and I know there's a lot of love, yeah, yeah. rightfully so, in this room for that. Uh, phenomenal movie. Caught me off guard by how uh, deep and introspective it was. It's almost uh, hauntingly introspective. Yeah, I, it was not what I was expecting in the best possible way. Uh, Amy Adams is phenomenal in it, and she carries the movie, and Snub. I love mm-hmm. that. Snub. Yeah, yep. completely. Um, I saw Forrest Foster, uh, Florence Foster Jenkins, and Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep. Yeah, this is exactly <laughs> what Chris everybody. just said at lunch. <laughs> yeah. I, I, briefly, yes, I saw Florence Foster Jenkins, and, and Meryl Streep is, is fine. But you're gonna put the, you're gonna award her over Amy Adams or Taraji P Henson, who I think should have gotten nominated yeah. for Hidden Figures. Absolutely, that's a crime mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Anyway, Arrival. Back to that. Yeah, it's it's beautifully shot. It's wonderfully compelling all the way through. Uh, there's information you don't n- know what it means, and then when you do know what it means, it becomes even more powerful. With you know a lot of the yeah. the way the movie is structured. Um, I just I, I found you, it amazing. You take this movie. This is an alien invasion story right mm-hmm. this is aliens coming to the the planet and we have no idea what's going to happen this could go in billions of ways and it has already and this is a completely completely new take on it yeah um from this whammy twist that is one of my favorite whammy twists mm-hmm. that i've seen in recent years yeah and the performances and the fact that it's about the drudgery and the the investigation into how to communicate with these beings Oh, man, but it makes it entertaining. It feels so more authentic, doesn't it? It feels more yes. authentic than the, let's nuke them, and they nuke them, and then they yeah. come back. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, of, between this and Independence Day Resurgence, <laughs> yeah. I would choose this one Oh yeah, pretty much every time. Where, yeah, where would be a Independence point? Independence Day Regurgence, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> where would be a point where you would actually choose that Independence Day sequel over this? I would this? have to have like a lot of tequila. Oh, my God. Like uh, all, the all the tequila, all the tequila. Yeah, it's rare that you say a hundred percent, but it would be a hundred percent. Like not pick that ever. Yeah, Arrival is great. Just a, a total surprise of a movie. We've got another filmmaker here who is uh, being launched in the stratosphere. Here, Denny Villeneuve is going to be is another guy that you know. While not uh, John Q. America will not be able to pronounce his name, <laughs> they will be liking the movies that he comes out with. Now, I do have there is some arrival backlash here and there too from people who are like eh, blah 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 whatever time travel whatever. And of course, we've been told. Uh, I, I don't think we ever said it was a time travel movie, but no. people got on to us for saying it was a time travel movie. No, it's more playing with time it's a time yeah. perspective movie it's ah, not it's not it. it's not a time travel they're movie not thinking fourth dimensional that's right <laughs> now i don't i don't i don't think we said time travel maybe yeah. we did and just whatever but we didn't mean it that way yeah but there are some i mean there is there is some question as to whether or not you know the whole the way this movie unfolds could really happen under these, even with the move, the rules this movie has set forth. Mm-hmm. Don't want to get too much into it. Uh, I don't, I don't care. This is, that's how good this movie mm-hmm. is, but it's also one of those where you're like, I don't know. Can you really say that this happens because of 
you know, if we're not worried about spoiling it, I, th- I mean, it, the idea is when you're looking at time perspective, be- it works because it's not time travel. Right. So because it's all happening at the same time, mm-hmm. there is no uh, illogical uh, kind of, um, you know, conundrum there that there would be if you were traveling to a different place, for creating the, your own. For thing. me, the main thing is, though, is doesn't there have to be a key at some point, even if you're playing, even if you're saying time is all on the same plane mm-hmm. and there's, re- you know. There's got to be a key at some point where the person figures these things out on their own without what they do in this movie. Like the in the movie, it's like, oh, it's it's uh, it's. I mean, I, to, to work my way around it, I guess. Harry Potter and what is it? The is it? Uh, it's a Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, yeah. Where Harry Potter realizes he can do the Patronus because he already saw him. Yes, but Do there it. had to have been. But there has to be a point yeah. where you learned it and know what to do to get that point. That's my that's my only like mm. it's a it's a tiny issue. Yeah. But I think that I do think the movie solves that simply by saying we don't have the perspective to be able to live outside of time. Oh, so sure. we always think in terms of before, after, mm-hmm. you know, key moment, that kind of things. But if you live outside of time, there is no before, after. There, it just It's an event that happened, and that's why you know it happened, because uh, it's... Anybody you know, but me down for the sequel, a couple thousand years in the future, when the heptapods need our help? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It'd be like the inverse, right? The humans arrive on this planet and the heptapods are like, oh, what the fuck are they going to do? Let's nuke them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Directed by Roland Emmerich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, okay. What else on the best picture docket? Uh, I don't have a list in front of me. I know Lion got nominated. I want to yeah. talk briefly about that. Uh, it is it is one of my most frustrating movies, not the movie itself, but because of all the awards movies, I you know I listen to a lot of podcasts, listen to a lot of different people talk about this kind of stuff, and every single time they're like, "Yeah, Lions nominated, never saw it." And I'm like, you know, it's the one that nobody is getting around to seeing, and I I just I would encourage you to see it if for no other reason uh, that it is supremely emotional and it's a, it's a wonderful journey of a true story that is one of those it's hard to believe until Depp you see Patel's it. supposed to be really awesome. He's it? he's great in it, and and by the way, there is um. Is Viola Davis a supporting nomination? Yes. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That she should be should absolutely be equally. a lead actress nomination and probably could win, by the way, Best Actress with that performance. Yeah. Uh, uh, Patel, however, is a supporting character. Like He's not in it until like halfway through the movie, so mm-hmm. you just kind of give you a heads up on that. But he's great in it, um, and it's, it's a beautiful story. I was not expecting uh, how much it got to me. I don't know if part of that is being a parent. I don't know, but um, it was it was really powerful. No, this is one of the uh, only movies of 2016 where I actually had to fight back tears. Yeah, wow, um, including Manchester by the Sea, including Manchester by the <laughs> Sea. Manchester by the Sea. I mean, for sure, I, I I'm with you on that. Yeah. But but there wasn't anything that they, I didn't have a moment. Uh, but but Lion was one of those movies. By the end of it, I I was like just sitting there going. Oh, I, I feel, you know, a lot of emotions. emotions <laughs> what is this salty discharge? Is, exactly. <laughs> I think it, it, in the movie, this moment happens and it's powerful and the emotions start. And for me, the floodgates opened when, you know, how they do in some of these true life stories. Well, they'll show the real. Yeah. yeah. And as soon as I saw the real people, I was bawling. Yeah. I was just like, I cannot imagine. I mean, it's it's just really beautiful. Yeah. And I like also the the way the uh, the problem is attacked. I mean, if you don't know the story of Lion, I'm not going to go too much into it because I think you should sort of uh, get learn this, watch this movie without 
as much, you know, knowing as much as possible. But I love the problem that is presented to them and how they solve it. You know, basically using like Google Earth and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just a fun, like sort of now it's fun that he's doing that now everything outside of that it's very emotional and very you know he's driven by this but um but yeah i I was i was surprised because a movie usually a movie just called lion and it comes out of nowhere and you know you got you know like random nicole kidman in there and all that's my favorite nicole kidman yeah and now with 100 percent more random nicole kidman yeah (laughs) well and then i watch it i'm like i should i shut my mouth at the random nicole kidman now because she's actually very good in this Uh, movie yeah she is uh and and not to say that she's horrible in other movies but she's in so many movies like Mm -hmm. they just come out and tank or whatever that you're like okay this probably it's probably okay or whatever it was one of the biggest surprises of my movie watching of this year yeah i love lion you mentioned manchester by the sea we can talk about yeah, that let's that's do nominated it. as well yep um another beautiful end of the year movie mm-hmm. uh, casey affleck he's he's seen in the uh who's seen it by has everybody seen manchester I've, uh, I've i have it. not everyone okay. else has um he's seen in the police station yeah. some of the most subtle yet intense acting I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. incredible. You could yeah. say that for his performance throughout the whole movie. Because mm-hmm. there's only a few times where he really uh, overtly shows emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very understated performance. And you could see how that would just kind of be, it's almost like trance-like. Because he spends most of the movie, his story, in a trance. Yeah. After this very traumatic event happens in his life and then it's a kind of a series and, of traumatic and yeah events. you're you're not quite sure where he's coming from throughout this entire movie they, the movie's got a sort of a, a hammer to, to throw at you but um I, and i didn't know what was going on at first like because the, it's structured yeah, very interestingly yeah like because it starts off with him like going and like you know okay he's got a, fam- a family member has died and he's going out to to check up on it and then suddenly it like it goes to a part in the past and it's done such in such a way that you're like, is this is this, is he going from this elevator down to another family member? Right. Isn't that you know, it was yeah. one of those type of things. And then and then like later on, you're like, oh, OK, they're not doing the dream like, you know, like, you know, putting clouds at the edge of the screen yeah. flashback yeah. type of stuff here. They're just going back in time. It's just a regular transition. Back yeah. To it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, one thing that's I think getting overlooked is how great Lucas Hedges. Oh no! Is wait, wait, yeah, well, he got nominated. In, yeah, he got nominated, but overlooked maybe by like mainstream media. Yeah, I mean, nobody's really talking about it. I mean, this and is, he is this is a completely different type of character yeah, I've ever seen. It's such a realistic sixteen-year-old. Yeah, a kid that wants to have sex with his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and wants to play in a band. Right. The Stentorian band was hilarious. Yeah, like, yeah. This is Stentorian. Then they start playing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, in, you know, he's he's playing hockey and everything. He's got this great accent. Oh, man, it's a great performance. Oh, yeah. One of the sure. standouts of the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, this movie, I wouldn't call it a twist movie, you know, mm-hmm. but there is a thing where if you watch this movie a second time, there are some really interesting recontextualization of some of those scenes, mm-hmm. kind of knowing where it goes. Uh, I think that's to the movie's credit because and it also trusts the audience. And I love that it doesn't doesn't lay it all out there for you. Put, you know, something on the screen, you know, two years ago or, you know, it just yeah. lets you figure out how this story is being told and kind of live in it. And I, I appreciated that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and then as we continue, this is a very solid best picture mm-hmm. category. Like, I don't know how I don't know if there's any I'd take out. Um 
Hell or High Water, oh, which is one of the oh, earlier. Uh, so uh, the, good. Hell or High Water was uh, in very much contention because it was earlier in the year that it came out uh, as one of my favorite movies. And I kept telling people, you know, because, you know, it was like it was Deadpool and it was like yeah. <laughs> and it was like nice guys. People were talking about nice guys. And I was like, yeah, I like those two movies. But Hell or High Water, you got to give this a shot. Uh, it's it's wonderful. And uh, Jeff Bridges in that movie, there's a moment where he laughs that, by the way, was totally improvised. And I don't want to give away necessarily the scene, but it is one of the most compelling <laughs> I think and strange yeah. and wonderful things I've ever seen on yeah. screen. And he's just at another level with being a character. And he and Chris Pine's great. And Ben Foster's great. Yeah, I, and, I actually oh. feel like Foster got snubbed on mm -hmm. this one. I feel like it, it, Foster's always been the guy, the character actor that's kind of like been under the radar. And he's been in a lot of movies. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, he was in that. This is one of the first times I was like, I'm going to remember that he was in this. Yeah. So, you know, he was he's fantastic. It's a great little plot to it, too. Oh, yeah. Like it's it, it feels like, you know, OK, maybe this is just a bank robbery movie or whatever. It's much more than that. Yeah, and I wrote down that these are two of our finest actors. Like, I think the next 20 years will prove Ben Foster and Chris Pine to be elite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they have great chemistry in this movie. And this is a funny movie. Yeah, yeah it is. Like, for all the heaviness that's going on with the plot, this movie made me laugh a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, there's that line where he says something about where they black or white, and he's like, their skin or their souls. <laughs> 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 and I just I was surprised how, how much I laughed at that movie, but I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can't recommend this enough. Now, if we were doing a normal like two you know year uh like we you know years we've been alive type of thing hell or high water is a huge recommend yeah, like it's one of those yeah, movies that like you might forget about when you look at the cover of it it looks like a just an average b movie does, yeah. when you look at the whatever way better than that oh yeah um another one that's up for best picture is hidden figures a movie that i thought was pretty good uh, it is it is good it's surprisingly good it was not one i expected a lot out of it's more i mean it's a pg family look at you know uh the the women who the african-american women who helped get us into space and mm -hmm. it just seems very disney in that way hmm. uh, even though it's not a disney movie no, is it? No, i don't no. think it is um, but at the same time, it's just really powerful. And these three stories that they tell are so important and so valuable. And there's humor and there's there's drama. It's, mm -hmm. it's good stuff. I feel like uh, another another snub in this category, another person you could have removed Meryl Streep and put and just put Taraji P. Henson in there because mm -hmm. Taraji P. Henson is basically the main character of this movie. Then Octavia Spencer got a nomination and that's fine. But I feel like Taraji P. Henson is the one who really drives this movie. Um, and the, I mean, just even during a small, like a, like these scenes where she's having to run from her like place of work all the way to the colored bathroom at another end of the campus. Mm -hmm. It just watching her run in her heels and all that stuff is almost like best actress worthy for me. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, just the fact that she's, just the driving force of this movie i got sort of apollo 13 type of vibes yeah. out of this thing too yeah and i love that movie uh it's well it has both the like the the structural thing that apollo 13 does where you're rooting for something you know to happen mm -hmm. along with the dramatic undertones of the importance of their stories and, and who these people were and i think those two things i mean when she you talk about taraji when she tells off that entire room of white men yeah you know, finally after she's had enough 
it is a powerful moment in film. It's yeah. really powerful mm. stuff. Yeah, so. and the way she does it, like in a in a respectful but mm. forceful manner, like still kind of like cowering a little bit, like you know, like just I want you to know that you need to know this. But you know, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm trying to do this in as respectful manner as possible. Is great. I also really love that this movie deals with racism in a way uh, and doesn't play the white villain card yeah. or the white savior card yeah you know i love i mean kevin costner would be you know possibly kind of the white savior but he's not the point yeah uh and is, is jim it, uh, parsons is yeah a, he's is a, a, he would be another one and then who's the who's the girl in this that um oh kirsten, uh, kirsten oh, it's, dunst it's uh, kirsten dunst yeah, yeah kirsten dunst is kind is kind of the you know the white villain you know in that way but but not really yeah because it allows their stories to come to the forefront it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be about who's oppressing or, or those kind of right. things. It's just culture is oppressing them. Can yeah. I get an audio standalone soundbite of Aaron saying Kevin, Kevin Costner's the, maybe the white savior? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because I think I could do some stuff for that. Um, another movie that I did I, like Field of Dreams. Another movie that I did not know anything going into when I watched it was Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um this is another very this is a very beautiful quiet movie um and i i don't know if i i don't know if i would say it's like one of the best of the year or anything Mm -hmm. i think it deserves to be there i Uh, have the exact same exact same take on moonlight it it actually did not make my best of list mm -hmm. this year and it's not that it's not important it's it's certainly a valuable story about homosexuality in the black community Mm -hmm. and in all those things uh, but it just it, it actually this and I'm going to lump loving in with this. OK, this too. And I haven't even seen that. So loving is the story of the interracial couple that ended up going oh, to the yeah. Supreme Court oh. uh, to make sure that Virginia, you know, couldn't keep them from marrying. Very important story and really good to know and watch. But the story itself just isn't compelling in any area except for the point of it does yeah. that make sense yeah yeah that's yeah. not as true about moonlight there are some the structure in moonlight is interesting yeah. and it is beautiful moonlight is beautiful the cinematography on it is beautiful but i just didn't feel like at watching that movie i'm like oh i love watching this movie you well, know it's just yeah and there's it's three different eras that they go over with this with this main character so you're never like like grabbing on to one person throughout this mm-hmm. entire thing it's the character that you have to grab onto, but that's kind of hard to do sometimes when you have three different actors playing, uh, playing somebody. And I thought that they introduced maybe the homosexuality a little bit too early. Like the, like, okay. Okay, fine. No, I just, man, just I'm not laughing at you. I just <laughs> thought about a premature ejaculation <laughs> joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. They I'm sorry. In, they introduced. I feel like they introduced it too early because I feel like it's common on the school ground to like you know to say these type of words or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so at first I was like, are they are they talking about these bad homosexual words because that's just something? It actually turned out to be an important part of the movie, right. and it was just kind of weird type of mm-hmm. thing. Like I mean, like I'm I'm sure everybody in this room has been called that before. Yeah as a kid and it didn't mean anything in this one it almost feels like they're saying from moment one this kid was a homosexual and knew it or whatever and was worried about it but uh no moonlight's a beautiful movie it's just yeah exactly what we were saying it's kind of one of those it's it's i think it deserves to be there i'm not sure it's Mm. one of my best of the year yeah i felt the same way and then finally fences uh denzel washington uh 
uh, and Viola Davis, another, this is another one. This one also, also possibly a moment where I was almost brought to tears yeah. because of Viola Davis um, in this movie. Denzel is y- usual solid Denzel. In mm-hmm. fact, he's got several scenes in it. Like the very beginning of this movie, he is going through probably three pages of dialogue. It is. Oh, yeah absolutely insane watching him go through all of it because he's just he's just rattling all this stuff off and it feels very much like you're there with him Mm -hmm. during this entire time and i was like good god he is just smoking this it's very play like right yeah yeah. it's based on a play it is the play and he did the play that's actually i mean that's actually my only negative for the film is it is the play there's no purpose in in putting it in a cinematic universe I mean, you could just do it on a stage. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, the performances are incredible. I, somebody called this acting the movie. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> that's basically what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing stuff. So you're just kind of in awe of how do you do that? And possibly another snub. And I haven't looked at all. I haven't checked this against the nominees. But talking about fences makes me remind me that Michael T. Williamson turns in a performance that I haven't. I didn't even know he was capable of. Huh. Yeah. Uh, like we all sort of fell in love with Michael T. Williams and Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. and he was great in that and everything. Ever since he's been like relegated to all these horrible movies that mm-hmm. came out. Like he was in Heat for like yo know, about five minutes or whatever, and then stuff like Species Two. I remember Purge him. Election Year. Yeah, Purge Election <laughs> Year and all this other stuff. But but in this one, uh, I was like, whoa. Michael T. Williamson is great in this, and uh, I don't think he got any Oscar or Golden Globe love at all, but uh, worth mentioning. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, those were the those were the nine Best Picture nominees of 2016. Do we want to talk about anything else about this year? Um, well, we got to talk about the nice guys. Yes, we do. Yes. Um, because it was another one of those early bright spots in the year, even mm-hmm. though I only just watched it for the first time last week. Uh, this is a funny fucking movie. Yes, it oh, is. Like, this is a movie that makes me laugh. I've seen it like two and a half times in the last week, and it doesn't make me laugh any less. Like <laughs> yeah. it is just chalk. I find something new every time I watch it that I missed the first time around. It's the level of attention to detail just for the sake of comedy is just through the roof. Yeah, the performances are terrific. I and I don't. I'm not a huge Russell Crowe fan, but when he hits something, he hits it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And this is this is one of them. Yeah, and just the way. Ryan Gosling, man, just had a terrific year. Yeah. And the way that he delivers that line when he's asking these girls at the party, when he is hella drunk, he spouts this nonsense, but just talks like a normal person. Yeah. And it's just word salad. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, I love that part where he says, you know, who else is just following orders? Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it gives him this, like, knowing wink, like, you know what I'm talking about? The movie's full of that stuff. Just yeah. throwaway yeah. Like, when they see the protesters on the steps, and they're asking all these questions, like, well, what are you protesting? The air. You're protesting the air? No, the pollution. It's killing the birds. And, well, why are you dead? You're wearing a gas mask. Didn't that save you? <laughs> Just nitpicking the protest. The, the kid, when they go to the burned down house, and he's like, you know, I'm kind of in the business. And they're like, well, what do you do? Projectionalist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that the kid that wants to show him this dick? No, that's the next one. Yeah. <laughs> that, and then again, uh, the nice guys, Shane Black, and this is uh, this is sort of like, you know, what Kiss Kiss Bang Bang yep. was. Yep. A movie that nobody saw, and I think still to this day, not enough people have seen. Uh, the nice guys is the same way for me. This is another movie that people are like, eh, whatever. And, 
you need to watch both of these movies. Oh, yeah. The Nice Guys is fantastic. It's exactly what Jeremy and Barrett were going through there. It's like that all the way through it. I love the running gag of trying to keep his daughter from saying and stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. like a that party and she's yeah. like, Dad, there's whores and stuff. And he's like, how many times do I have to tell you? Don't say and stuff. Just say <laughs> there are whores. Well, and it, and, it, and it reminds me that Shane Black, you can tell this is Shane Black dialogue because he does a lot of that type of stuff in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Like, especially with the whole badly thing yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. and like you know the, as, you, you felt bad you didn't feel badly it's like the method by which you thought you know you you felt it was it was broken in some yes, way i love whatever. that yeah. i love that wordplay and yeah. he's, he's one of the only screenwriters that can do that they yeah. can get away with that and make it entertaining yeah and also uh, on a personal note they have a 35 millimeter projection scene in this yeah. that i found extremely fun to watch uh <laughs> because uh it, it took me back i knew what the projection projector was the platters <laughs> all that stuff i was like i've worked on that projector before anyway um what else do you want to talk about i i mean i have plenty that no, i, that I really, but i know I, you know i know time wise we, we don't have time to cover everything but i'll just throw some out and then if we want to talk about them we should mm-hmm. uh, a monster calls uh, okay which is still haven't a, seen that it's not getting a lot of oscar or you know award attention but one of my 10 favorite movies of the year uh, i think it's a beautiful metaphor uh the animation style there's several different kinds which one is that the, this is about a boy who's dealing with grief. Uh, in fact, Felicity Jones, who is in Rogue One, is the mom in this who's dealing with is cancer. Liam Neeson the voice? Liam Neeson is the okay. voice of the tree. Because they do really all run together. The BFG, this yeah. one, and the Pete's Dragon trailers all ran yeah. together for me. And then you have to throw in stuff like Jungle Book and like whatever. <laughs> By the way... Are you a fan of the Jungle Book? I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I am. Uh, you bastard. <laughs> I, I watched this movie uh, actually... Um, I guess opening night uh, and I uh, just didn't understand why this was considered great. So, almost against your will. <laughs> yeah, almost. Well, that might have something to do with <laughs> almost, it. Almost. Although movie is torture. Is I watched this good... movie with Nostalgia Critic who um, who's, uh, you know, out in Illinois somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and uh, he didn't like it either. Mm. And we both watched, we both turned to each other afterwards and we we're like, did you like that? Yeah. <laughs> like, n- like, no, I didn't. Um, I don't know if it was just the fact that it's it's been done so many times before. Yes, the and you didn't like the effects, Jeremy. I know you didn't like. Okay, well, I mean, I I saw that tiger and I was like, well, there's a fake tiger, and <laughs> really? I made that into a sin, and I have been hammered ever since. Everyone seems to think the CGI in this movie is perfect. Yeah, I, I did, but it did not look real to me. Mm-hmm. Now, now here's the thing: you talk about your environment affecting how you see a movie, and you know, and I you know kind of joke at you a little bit about torture as a movie is never a good way to enjoy a movie. Right. Um, I saw this in IMAX Laser. It was one of three movies I saw in that format this year, and it was gorgeous, mm-hmm. like drop dead. The 3D was incredible. One of the things about Laser is the screen's so much brighter, so even the 3D looks super bright and vivid, uh, and it doesn't darken like a lot of 3D glasses darken, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely stunning. And so I think that was part of the experience for me was just I really enjoyed the visuals of yeah. it. But I thought the metaphors in it were great, too. I thought all the fire stuff was great. I love how they turned the story a little bit as opposed to, you know, if you watch the original Jungle Book, uh, that story's a little weird. It ends with this this kid finding kind of a, a child girlfriend from a neighboring tribe, and it's like this, you know, 
And that's nowhere in this new one because I think they know that that's not the point of, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, this movie. But it so. is still retread. I will say Bill uh, Bill Murray elevates the movie because I remember my wife came in when I was writing Sins for this and she was like, oh, is that any good? I've been wanting to watch that. And I was like 30 minutes in and I was like, no, no. <laughs> and then by the end of it, I was like, OK, you might enjoy it. It does improve once Bill Murray shows up. Um adds some humor but again he's gonna go and do the lion king okay so he's gonna tweak one little part of the story somewhere but what's the point what's the point i I like to wait till after i've seen a movie to judge it and (laughs) (laughs) i'm not asking i'm not saying the movie's bad i'm asking you what's the point uh i don't know maybe you can find a new angle on it i it's i enjoyed the jungle book so yeah well and i I thought the kid was good in this. I thought that considering that he's basically uh, acting against a green screen the entire time and, you know, he's not actually in the jungle and everything. I thought he was really good. I I did have a problem with the fact that uh, the this one tiger is somehow able to, like, control everybody when I feel like there would be a, uh, you know, a gang up on this guy who's especially who's he's worn out old and scarred and all this. I, I know what you're saying, but I would address you to our current political situation. And- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, uh, the other thing I would say, the thing that, that uh, I didn't like about this movie and the reason it kind of stays down on my list a little bit is I, I think they should have taken the music completely out. Well, of that it. was one of the things that bothered I, me, yeah, was I, including some of the same songs. Yeah, I, I thought that was a, a little, and when the songs happen, they feel so out of place in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. They, really they do. don't belong. So, I hope they don't do that with a line. It's a movie that I, because I've heard so many great things about it, I may give it another chance down the line. Mm -hmm. It's going to have to be a while, though. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, We need to talk about Sing Street. Yes, Uh, for sure. uh, This is a phenomenal movie, especially if you have any toe in the water of 80s nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, to see this, you know, kid band, you know, dip their toes into Duran Duran and, yeah. and all these other things is it's I mean, it's just it's incredible. Plus, here's the thing. The songs are phenomenal. Yeah. They're great. They're yeah. great songs. If you've they- ever played in a band in high school or college or grade school or whenever this movie you should definitely see Who because plays it, it a rock band in grade school. <laughs> well, the school badass fourth grade ska band down the road is getting Listen, all kinds of buzz. School of rock, school of rock man, man, Jack Black. I mean, and he's around. You guys, well, and, you guys are like the internet today. You're like completely warping my shit. And then there's uh, there's the great '80s video, basically on straight up VHS yeah. that they shoot and everything. That's great. You know, this is just a very fun love story, you know, like music and everything. I love the brother in this. Oh, he is one of the best characters. Another guy that, you know, you may, I mean, maybe not Oscar worthy, but certainly should have been considered. Oh, man. When he does that fist pump at the end. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. I love Sing Street. Another good recommend, by the way. Um, Another small movie that came out that I enjoyed. Maybe. Did you like The Lobster? Uh, yeah, well, it depends on which part of the lobster. I, I love the uh, the ingenuity of the idea and the concept of this movie. Uh, I think it could have pulled the the weirdness back about, you know, 10 mm-hmm. decibels. What and, a weird and, fucking movie. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> what a weird fucking movie. Yes. There's always one movie when during screener season that my wife will look at me and go, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we watching this? And it was the lobster this year. It was like, I've what never, is this? I've never the, seen a movie like this. The Colin Farrell's performance in this is brilliant. Yes. 
the uh i know that there are probably a few people who watch this and go why is he so terrible in this Mm -hmm. because his line readings are so wooden but they're on purpose Mm -hmm. and man when he tells that he tell like he goes through that big long thing as to why these two people shouldn't be together like there's all these like funny things to me they think one little thing that they're in, they have in common with another person is why they yeah. should be together and 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 when they try to break down that well, colin farrell breaks that down <laughs> on one and says it's like so you see he's not really he's not really uh, handicapped and blah, blah 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 so you're not you're totally not good to get you're, not, you're totally not good for each other or whatever <laughs> you know i just love that and uh yeah it's such an unusual movie and I would give it just points for that. It's an, I mean, it is a complete metaphor on relationships in the modern age. Somebody who is, I I assume been very turned off by the world around them and how everybody has to have somebody in their life. And you can see a lot of those things in the rules of this universe Mm -hmm. that they are perceived rules in our own universe, just taken to the nth degree. And I I think it's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's dystopian and binary at the same time. Mm -hmm. You live in one universe where you have to have sex. Right. And you cannot masturbate. Yeah. And then you go to another universe where you have to masturbate yeah. and you can't have sex. Yeah. yeah. And it's 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 illegal to be single in this universe. Yeah. It's so I I think I'm over time I'm talking myself into liking this movie probably more than the experience was because there's a lot of very tense scenes yeah. in this. Oh, and yeah. very hard to watch scenes in this. Maybe not a lot, but a few. And uh, but it's it's a fun experience. Yeah, I have a couple other early uh, releases from this year that that uh, I want to bring up. One's Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, uh, uh, which I you know, aside from the Cloverfield actual part, (laughs) (laughs) this is almost a perfect movie. Yeah, Yeah, Goodman is amazing. The tension. uh, It's brand new director Dan Trachtenberg, who actually followed before he was directing because he did a a podcast that I loved uh, called The Totally Rad Show. Mm. And so it's like you know, I, I admit my bias here. I kind of have that weird personal connection with him even though i've never met him uh but to see him do hitchcock in this way was really impressive to me and the key scene in that movie was so intense uh i i really thought 10 cloverfield lane was great yeah i liked it it more than i liked cloverfield yeah no that's fair although Um, i'm I'm not big on this whole cloverfield universe because there's yet another movie that was already scripted that they've co-opted and they're going to make part of this Cloverfield, mm-hmm. so it'll probably have just as tenuous a thread relation yeah. as this one does. But I think the best thing about the movie is John Goodman, hands down. Now we've raped about him a lot lately, so I don't want to go overboard, but he's creepy as hell in this. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Um, also, uh, screenplay has a co-credit from Damien Chazelle. So there hey, you go. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Um, Makes sense. Uh, the other one was uh, the other one I wanted to mention was Hail Caesar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't be uh, you know if I didn't bring up the Coen Brothers. So uh, I loved this more than most. Uh, did you love it? I really did. I, I liked it too. They they just they when they do that style sense of humor, I'm just along for the ride. It reminded me a lot of Hudsucker. Yeah, it reminded me uh, a lot of Oh Brother. God, am I the I only found. one that didn't like it? No, I I don't know. But. I saw this yesterday and I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, oh. yeah, me too. Um, one thing that I don't like though is in these screwball things, especially in the Coen Brothers, I wish Clooney would dial it back just a couple of notches. Yeah, you know. Because he's so cartoonish in this that it almost hurts the movie. Well, and you almost can't distinguish between any of the characters he plays in these Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. He's always playing that sort of that that dunce kind of character, mm-hmm. like not really sure what's going on for you know really, and then yeah. like like always 
sh- trying to show that he's smarter than everybody else, but is really actually <laughs> dumb and all that type of stuff. Um, I did like all the stuff that is involved with his kidnapping in this movie and mm. like him talking to these communists yeah. and everything. I do that. It's one of those just very unusual type of movies. The Coen's every once in a while throw out there. Um, I'm not sure if I love it yet, but I, I, I was very interested that I, I thought it was going to be just terrible. When yeah. I watched it. it has maybe my favorite scene of the year, which is the wood that it tore. So simple scene. Yes. And Ray Fiennes. Yeah. I just, I yeah. can watch that over and over again. Yeah. The frustration on Ray Fiennes, face. Yeah. As he's trying just to get it, maybe to pronounce one word kind yeah. of correctly. Yeah. The, uh, the, it's, the Brilliant. irony of the the word the words were it so simple yeah. like he's not making it simple. Of course, by the end of it, it's like it's complicated, <laughs> and he gets a, even puts a knowing smile into it or whatever. Well, and his performance was was maybe the best performance in the movie. Alden mm-hmm. Ehrenreich, I thought he was a revelation in that movie. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, you know, Christopher Lambert's in that movie. Yeah, that was a blink and you miss it. The cameo. interesting thing for me watching that this is the type of shit that I think about. Christopher Lambert has a scene with Josh Brolin. Uh-huh. Both of them were married to Diane Lane. Oh wow! Oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Isn't Brolin still married to her? No, I think they divorced a few years ago. That's a bummer. But so when I saw Josh Brolin talking to Christopher Lambert, I was like sitting there going, this is weird. Yeah. And they hug. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but Lambert was married to her like in the nineties and then it was like 10 years, maybe longer when Brolin. So I don't think they have like any like built in animosity or anything. There can be only one. Did yeah. you guys see uh, Eye in the Sky? Uh, Eye in the Sky is this beautiful war movie about modern warfare. Uh, and Alan Rickman's last performance is, is in it oh, as well. Yeah. And it is incredible because it's all the tension of war in a boardroom. Like, oh, because really? they're making all these decisions about, you know, uh, drones and, you know, what's going to happen. And th- all the tension comes just from their dialogue about whether or not to do this, you know, thing with a drone or not do this thing or what's the collateral damage. And just it's like the modern warfare math as opposed to just send a bunch of guys in and see who comes out with the most still living, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, hmm. it's really interesting and some great performances in it. It was mm. one of my favorite movies of the year. So I, that's a high recommend for me. Okay. Uh, it's called eye in the sky. I so. definitely want to see that. I've heard, I've heard things about it. I just, yeah, I just, it was one of those just kind of slipped by, by the way, another thing you said on the hail, go hail Caesar, this whole podcast, <laughs> but you said there can be only one yeah. Clancy Brown is in hail Caesar as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, all right. So let's, I'm going to start running them down. Now, a lot of the other stuff that's nominated for Oscars are like basically performance stuff. Uh, Jackie, which I, I, I think Natalie Portman was great in it. I'm not sure about the movie. Oh, I'm, I'm, that's, uh, Portman has an amazing performance in it. The movie itself is, it's kind of two movies that don't really jive together so yeah it's and uh, and i it was funny i and i even though i love music and i and i'm very attuned to music i don't usually like pay attention to like the score in movies a lot Mm. of times like a lot of times it's just like eh, whatever i really this score is nominated uh i i was sitting there going i love this score but it's too much for what's being played in this movie yeah. a lot of times. Beautiful music doesn't quite fit the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's real dramatic stuff. Like, okay, I I get it. John F. Kennedy just got shot, but like, does every scene have to have this like just super dramatic music <laughs> yeah. in it and everything? Um, 
another uh perform we talked about florence foster jenkins uh, another one that i saw recently was l did you see l i did see l um that's a fucked up movie yeah that, that movie is messed up <laughs> yeah great performance <laughs> yeah very very good performance from isabel Huppert. uh but this is one of those movies where like i i guessed most of what was gonna happen in mm-hmm. it even though it it's set up to be sort of like a whodunit kind of, and it's kind of a fucked up whodunit, by the mm-hmm. way. It's a rape whodunit. Oh. Um, yeah, and it, and it treats rape in a really weird way. I've yes, n- it I've does. I've never seen a movie treat rape like this where you're not sure if it was rape or not yeah. for a while. And it's, it, and I, you know, it's the way she's reacting to it is very, you know, different than most movies have portrayed that kind of thing. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not that rape is a crucial part of, you know, most cinema going experiences, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, when it's touched on, I've never seen it touched on like this. I mm-hmm. think this is one of the most varied characters I saw in movies this year was Isabel Huppert's, uh, in her performance. There's a, there's so much due to her past what's going on at, at, at and just an interesting uh, profession to give a woman too. Like uh, a bi- she's the head cheese on this video game designer hmm. team, and uh, of course, you know everybody in that team. Any guy who hates her is a suspect in this mm-hmm. type of thing or whatever. But very interesting movie. Very fucked up. Hmm. Um. All right. So running down the list of other stuff at box office and everything. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I eh. thought was eh, you know eh. kind of whatever eh. on that. Another inessential kind of entry. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not that it's bad, but it's just not right. It's just, potatoes. and I know there's a lot of people who love it. I mean, mm-hmm. we got a lot of shit for our podcast. Yeah. Uh, but um, I didn't. I didn't think it was great or anything. Uh, Jason Bourne, which was a huge disappointment for Ugh. me. Paul Greengrass coming back with Matt Damon. Oh. Uh, this this felt <laughs> so like disappointing. this felt like it was just destined to be, but it just ends up being a forced thing. Mm-hmm. You you can't force these things. That's what you get when you get these when you get those type of movies. Yep. If you'd have told me at the beginning of the year that Paul Greengrass and Ben Affleck were going to make movies that you know disappointed me overall. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have believed you. Like I love those guys, but same thing with before t- Tomorrowland. There's no way Tomorrowland was not going to be awesome until I watched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just shows you that everybody's human. By the way, anything to say about Live by Night? It's just, I mean, it's one of those disappointments in a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that you expect greatness from Ben Affleck, and I, I think long term on rewatches, there are some scenes in this movie that are that are going to live up to the hype, but. Um, but it's just it's just too much going on. There's too many characters. It's, he doesn't focus mm-hmm. well, which is weird for him because he usually does such a great job yeah. with focus. I wonder if part of it is playing the the lead role and trying to direct is starting to wear on him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd recommend it just to see it, just to kind of you know get it in the the library. But it's not. I mean, it's certainly not you know gone baby gone or mm-hmm. yeah you know, that kind of stuff so or the town um a movie i i think all three of us enjoyed i don't know about you aaron uh is a star trek beyond I yeah thought that was yeah. a really good entry and especially with the trailers that we saw beforehand i was like this is gonna be bullshit <laughs> yeah and uh it turned out to be very pleasant experience uh and uh we they brought up, the fun yeah they, they really lost did some of the fun in the in into darkness and they brought mm. it back they i re- think the star trek movies are succeeding almost primarily on the casting decisions made by the first movie they oh just, yeah they cast mm-hmm. those movies so well oh yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they're perfect yeah um 
now we're going to run through a string of disappointments here. Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that is even more disappointing. I just saw it for the second time yesterday. Yeah. It's even more disappointing in the second yeah. I really wanted it to be good. I really did. Yeah. I knew better, but yeah. I really wanted it to be good. Same here. Um, I didn't see The Legend of Tarzan. How was oh. that? Big, flaming, stinking pile <laughs> oh, of crap. It's, it's awful. Um, Sully was I a like good Sully. movie. Yeah, I like Sully. Um, I... There was I had a little problem with the ending. The ending goes way too long. Like they like the whole thing to prove that he did the right thing mm-hmm. takes forever. There's no reason why it needed to be that way. <laughs> Plus, who wants to see a Monsters Inc. movie without Mike Wazowski? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Plus me. I Plus, do. All, I do. Plus all the stuff that didn't even happen. I mean, it's just it takes a lot out when yeah. when this d- didn't happen. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like, oh, there was a controversy about this that he landed like, come on. Yeah. Do you go do you go to Wikipedia or somewhere after you watch a true story and kind of see like, you know, where the true story uh-huh. kind of I, one of the things I loved about the Big Short, and I know you guys talked about that in a previous mm. year, was it was its own Wikipedia article. Like it would turn yeah. to you in the middle of the movie and say, "Okay, this part's true. Yeah, okay, yeah this yeah. part's not true." <laughs> so it's like, More movies like that, please. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Conjuring Two, which was, I mean, unnecessary as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I, I don't know. Well shot, awful movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, Sausage Party, which probably has. One of the most memorable scenes in 2016. Yeah. Uh, in it, uh, you're talking it, about the the orgy scene. The orgy scene. Yeah. yeah. You know it's coming. Yeah. You just don't know. No pun intended. You know it's coming, <laughs> but <laughs> but you're you're not prepared. No, for it. not the lengths that they go to. Now this no this movie intended. to me felt like somebody trying to do South Park that yes. wasn't as witty or clever. Right. And it, the whole thing kind of. I was excited to see this movie. I thought it was going to be funny and everything. It's got good people attached to it. There's funny parts to it, but like overall, like it was just boring. Up I like the idea of adult cartoons. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that cartoons don't have to just be for kids, but well, I don't know it, that this went down the right path. This, this is a movie who really actually had something to say. I mean, there was there was some really interesting things here about how we divide ourselves and and those kind of things. The problem was, I think they got caught up more in their own ability to be raunchy or funny. And so they would serve that instead of serving the story, because I think there's actually a version of this movie that is really good and powerful. But they short circuited at the end by going somewhere really strange that completely eliminates the whole concept of the movie. Yeah. And it's just uh, in the orgy scene is way over the top yeah and i get that that's the point but um but yeah i, I think they kind of short-circuited themselves i remember seeing this movie uh right after i saw a sneak preview of war dogs which was also pretty good <laughs> yeah, that's a, war uh-huh. dogs was a pretty fun movie um jonah hill essentially was just steals the movie um, <laughs> it was a jonah hill double feature yeah it was mm. you know uh, what else jonah hill was in Hail Caesar. That's right. He okay. was. Yeah, he was. A little seconds. cameo you know in who there. Who else was just following orders? Passengers, which is uh... <laughs> okay. This is it. We're at. We're at the point. You loved it. I didn't love it, but I did like Passengers. Ah. Um, I I liked it to a point. Uh, I hate what they do in these movies where they say that 
the character's awful actions in the beginning of the movie is justified because of what happens later in the movie. Yeah. And and I don't and see I never felt like they let him completely off the hook. Yeah. I never felt like the movie completely said, "Oh, it's a good thing he did that." Um I I don't I agree with you in some way, especially when Lawrence Fishburne wakes up and sort of like, you know, I understand why you did it, but damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh but at the same time, I do think the movie does absolve. I think it takes him completely off the hook for it because by the end of it, I mean, yeah, it's like, see, see, <laughs> happily ever after. Yeah. Ends justifies the means. Right. Um, I here's here's my thing with passengers. Uh, I am a sucker for a thinking movie, and mm-hmm. I was thinking about this movie for days mm-hmm. afterwards mm-hmm. in the moral conundrums and the ethics of what would I have done? A- am I, e- I know how wrong that was, mm-hmm. but am I the kind of person who could have not done it knowing it was possible? And what would I have done and who now would that I have is- been? And I like, and here's the thing. I think if they had sold that movie instead of the movie, apparently the trailers were trying to mm-hmm. sell. I think passengers has a different shelf life and a different story, but I think they sold a completely different movie than they actually made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting thing to, to think about. You don't really know what you're like until you have yeah. been on, you know, alone for a year and a half uh, surrounded by a whole bunch of people who, that you would like to talk to and yeah. like interact with and everything. And her, uh, and her side of the story is almost a horror story yeah. at times. Like, I mean, can you imagine? You could tell that completely from her side, and it would be a horror movie. Yeah. So I just I found a lot of that stuff really interesting, and I, I mean, I I find uh, uh, I find him completely likable, and I find both of them completely likable people. So you know, it's mm. it's never bad to watch them on screen. Uh, the Magnificent Seven. What'd you think? That's a fun movie. Is it? I mean, it's a cliched western through and through. It's an unnecessary remake yep. because that was such Basically a, a freaking second classic. You know, you had Steve McQueen and Yul Brenner and Charles Bronson in the original, and you've got great actors. I mean, that's what what sold us originally on the the idea of the movie is that Denzel and Chris Pratt and Ethan Hawke and all these guys, Vincent D'Onofrio, Vincent D'Onofrio, looking looking what a rough, weird performance, looking rough. Mm. But uh, Denzel does a lot of fun Denzel stuff in there. And uh, I'll tell you what, Peter Sarsgaard is a fun villain. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does a lot of like little mannerisms that are almost like Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, he's a fun villain. But uh, overall, a little bit forgettable. It actually made a lot of money, didn't it? Like $160 million or something uh, like It made 93 domestic. domestic. I don't yeah. know what it made worldwide. But again, I'm going to say this is a second remake. Even the original with yeah. Yul Brenner is a remake yeah. of Seven Samurai. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I still haven't seen it yet. I'm probably going to at some point. Um, Have you guys seen it? Because there's there's a lot of cinnable stuff. Oh in yeah, that, we're we're that we're gonna be doing it soon. Maybe next time they'll do the Magnificent Seven with toys. Yes, maybe so. <laughs> or animals. Yeah. Yes. That'll be great. Can you imagine a Toy Story directed by Antoine Fuqua. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. No, but I can imagine it uh, directed by Antoine Fuqua. Fuqua is that how it's, <laughs> yeah. it's pronounced? I'm just Damn kidding. Um, yeah. Shaming I, each other today. I have to. I have to say this because you guys had the uh, uh, Tudic kind of yeah. pronunciation mm-hmm. thing i i made that wrong pronunciation on my podcast because i heard you guys saying it wrong and i was like oh i've been saying it wrong oh so my i God. corrected to tuttick 
and then had to go back to Tudic because it was right. And now anyways. it's forever cataloged on yeah. your Well, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm probably the same way. I'm not sure how many times I said it, but I was hearing Jeremy say it, and I was like, well, I've never heard it pronounced, <laughs> yeah. so it's all right with me. And I think I had been saying Tudic all the time, but like, you know, who knows, you know? <laughs> Either way, the point is he voices a chicken yes. in Moana. Yes. And he's also, <laughs> freaking amazing. He also voices in Zootopia. Well. And Rogue One. Yeah. Um don't breathe i was not prepared for how gross no, could be that movie was gonna be you, how could unless you literally say turkey baster full of jizz jammed in someone's mouth right how could you prepare for this movie exactly spoiler alert <laughs> well i don't care i'm trying to warn people away from this movie uh a lot of people really like this yeah movie. it's i think it's for the hitchcockian stuff with the idea of you know robbing a blind man and how the tension of that's a little different He's the worst yeah. blind guy ever oh, no no I, listen i'm i am not defending this one i will defend passengers you can't a little smell bit a guy and, right next to him or well, he doesn't blind very well. air pressure and my biggest problem with the movie and we send it recently but like my biggest problem with it was their 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 main um conscious conscience is in the movie is like we shouldn't rob this guy he's blind he, I mean, they didn't know he's blind yet they just said he's a military hero he lost his daughter all this other stuff and then like he he doesn't want to do it then he looks this guy up on on google or whatever and it says oh he lost his daughter he got a settlement and all that and there was a so he lost his daughter and all that. he reads over this and then he texts the girl he's like ah let's do this <laughs> and i'm like what about that story that you read told you that we should rob and then they say then later on it's like like oh it's kind of fucked up to rob a blind guy among them, a lot of things that's <laughs> fucked up yeah. about it this movie also uh spoiled spoiled itself in the first five minutes yeah, of the movie. yeah, yeah. Which, like it completely spoiled any tension of the movie i, right. I just I, I, sometimes i think writers go Hey, you know what's a cool trick is where you show the ending and then you go back and show everything that led up to that ending yep. and they just do it without any thought to whether it actually will enhance the story or the viewing experience. It completely steals any power of the movie. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, the Accountant was a, a really good Ben Affleck uh, movie, I thought. <laughs> I, uh, I I think the accountant was a little ridiculous for me. I okay, just it was towards the end, for yeah, sure. That last scene was... There's some interesting stuff with uh, um, the relationships in that movie. And again, stuff I'm maybe uh, I, stuff I saw coming the whole time. And I mm -hmm. think that's intentional. Yeah. Like, I think intentionally in that movie, they want you to know what the quote unquote twist is. I can't explain any other way for how obvious they kind of make what's going on here. Yeah. So. I like this is I, I totally agree with you. I think the first like hour or so I loved this movie because Ben Affleck is this is sort of a different role for him, different performance for him uh it's not that arrogant cocky shit that he mm -hmm. usually plays or whatever um and and he's got a you know he's got an affliction basically and it's uh and it's just fun watching him work through that but yes totally ridiculous by yeah. the time it and gets that's to okay i mean i don't mind a movie getting ridiculous but you know it makes it harder for me to go oh that's a great movie when mm -hmm. it's just a lot of eye rolls i don't think we talked about hacksaw ridge when we talked about best no. picture nominees no um, we did not loved this movie mm. did you good yeah because i did too and i'm hearing some some people are really can't believe it got nominated and they they wonder why i just i watched this and i watched garfield in this and i'm going wow yeah. i didn't know he had that kind of range because mm. and i've seen him in great stuff before but he plays somehow both gomer pile 
and also some intense war hero. Like somehow he manages to combine those two and and really do it. It's it's crazy. It's this like, yeah, this story is great. And then uh, you know how it's done is is very entertaining. Um, and uh, I yeah, I love Garfield in this too. I don't really know if there's much to hate about this movie. I don't. The fact that Mel Gibson directed it. If you're on that boat, <laughs> well, if yeah, if you're on that, if you're like sitting there like judging art by what somebody did, you know, I'm not on that boat. No, no, but I know there that there are a lot of people who are. I yeah. know, but I sit there and I'm. How many movies do we watch in a year? And somebody, somebody on that production, probably above the production line, has done something fucked up. We don't know about. I can't. I I will never get over the fact that the stars of The Hangover. <laughs> refused to let him be in the second one but they made the first one with the convicted rapist mike tyson yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where they draw the line yeah rape okay yeah. racism drunken sugar tits comments <laughs> never forgiven you go to hell mel gibson we want to hang with the rapist uh, exactly it pisses um, me off exactly because he's got more talent than mike tyson if anybody should be forgiven it's him over mike tyson i really enjoyed too the beginning of this movie with garfield and teresa palmer yeah teresa palmer's never been this good before either like she's always been like background eye candy type of you know uh, or Kristen Stewart's replacement when they can't get Kristen Stewart, basically. <laughs> you know, in this she's really good in it. Like I, like you fall in love with her character pretty, pretty fast. Um, and it's just an incredible story. It's based yeah. on a true story. Yeah, the, yeah. the true story is just a phenomenal uh, idea. I mean, the idea that somebody that a pacifist would go to war just to heal people is uh, it's kind of mind-blowing and actually really inspiring to me you know i it's just i i loved it yeah and i mean it had some shades of sergeant york in it because oh yeah it, for it, sure sergeant york was you know the whole like half, first half of the movie is about i'm not going because i'm you know i'm religious and mm -hmm. it's bible says don't kill so i'm not going to and he has to be sort of taught like you know hey sometimes it's okay he says here in the bible it's okay mm -hmm. if it's in war or whatever he takes it a little bit further though yeah. and says and he sticks he sticks never okay and and don't forget how funny this movie is yeah. vince vaughn and some of those training scenes oh yeah. is, it's really funny so <laughs> yeah there's some really good stuff here uh i as i'm going through a lot of this other stuff i'm not seeing many that pop out there's allied i know that was like a big nah. hopeful as nah. an oscar contender at one point uh, I don't think it rumored uh, to be the reason Angelina and Brad. <laughs> Ooh, let's talk oh. about that. But he was maybe making a little uh, mojo with Marion Cotillard. <laughs> um, here he, I'll list a couple. Uh, Silence, Martin Scorsese's uh, film. Yeah, I don't uh, think if, that has that come here yet. Like I don't know what it is it's here. Barely come. It? It's barely come anywhere. It it was on in Springfield. Only one showing a day at nine forty at night for a two hour Jeez. and forty minute movie. Wow. Who's gonna, nice. I like. <laughs> It's you're just trying to sabotage that. Um, I would recommend it if you don't mind the slower pace and mm -hmm. you know if if you like kind of the deeper stuff. Um, the founder, Michael Keaton. Okay, yeah, McDonald's that just thing. recently got here too, and uh, want to see that. Great performance by Keaton and a really interesting look at the beginning of McDonald's. Mm -hmm. I knew some of that stuff, but the stuff I didn't knew was absolutely. He kind of basically stole the company, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he absolutely did, and uh, it's it's interesting to watch them. Uh, show that Miss Sloan, Jessica Chastain. Mm -hmm. It's kind of Aaron Sorkin Sold. light. 
Yeah. Uh, it's it, the dialogue in this is real quick and witty, and there's you know some courtroom stuff, and and it's not quite Sorkin, but it's you know it's enough to pass you know for nice. Sorkin. So I had a good time with that, even though it's not a great movie. Captain Fantastic, okay, with yeah. Viggo Mortensen, who got mm-hmm. nominated for that performance for Best Actor, well worth a watch. Um, it's a very interesting look at a quirky type of family. And uh, you really find empathy and you're rooting for them, you know, uh, in their difference. And don't tell me who I'm going to root for. Um, <laughs> I won't, man. You can root for whoever you want. I mean, um, if you don't want to root for Dory to find her parents, that's fine with me. I don't I care. Don't, I don't. I root for Dory to be left alone. <laughs> swallowed by a whale. Yeah, well, she should have been swallowed by a whale. Several times. Or a shark or something. Biggest, su- biggest surprise of the year. Biggest? Edge of Seventeen. Yeah, oh, I want to see that. I was not expecting anything <laughs> out of this movie. Was blown away. Great film. Um, I don't and, think I've heard a bad thing about and it. And just because it's just a great coming of age story that feels modern. Mm. And Harrelson and um, Haley Steinfeld are great. Mm. Their chemistry as teacher and students really incredible. She's phenomenal in this. Blake Jenner is really good in this. I'd never seen him do, mm-hmm. uh, well, I haven't seen him do much anyway, but I, I just hadn't seen him be this kind of role. It gets relationships at that age right in a way that I haven't seen a lot of movies get, uh, and it's it's really funny. So uh, that was another one that I'd mention. Um, also, just want to mention The Witch because... <laughs> you mean The Vavitch. The Vavitch. <laughs> yes. um, a movie that uh, I think over the, over the year, I still don't like it, by the mm. way, I think over the year, though, I've heard more reasons for why The Witch is the way it is, mm-hmm. more than I've heard about any movie being the way it is ever. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with our conversation with modern horrors and yeah. how they, how movies are trying to get marketed by being horror movies, even though they're not really horror movies. Mm to the that big huge treatise that yeah. that guy sent us that one and yeah, very respectful very, by the way yeah very reasoned defense yeah about, and this is from an early english language professor in toronto uh he wrote us this big missive on why the vich is a good movie <laughs> and uh yeah i mean you gotta you gotta give it up to him i mean it didn't hit for us uh for many many reasons but there's a lot of questions to it, but uh, yeah, apparently it did enough to get a lot of fans. Yeah, I think I think the I guess the issue is that if they could have called this something else, mm-hmm. we might have had a little bit different reaction to mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's one of those weird things. Like, do, if we called this, you know, the Scarlet Letter Part yeah. Two or something, <laughs> uh, would we look at it differently? The Village uh, Part the Two, Vagrant yeah. Goat, <laughs> right? Uh, did want to bring up two movies early on in the year that were disappointing to me. Uh, Hardcore Henry oh, yeah. uh, was a movie that I thought would be exciting. I mean, the th- first person type of thing. The trailer was fun uh-huh. and everything. When virtual reality movies are a thing. That's the kind of movie that's going to get get made. Like yeah. it's, it's made for something like that. Mm. Yeah, and and I don't know why it appealed to me so much that trailer, but it did. And mm-hmm. then I watched because you love killing. I do mostly. <laughs> yeah, mostly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they only come out at night. And then uh, Keanu uh, uh-huh. was another movie that I was expecting to be a lot funnier than it was. I liked Keanu. 
It's um, really an hour and a half of them pretending to be tougher than they are. That's yeah, really all the that, movie that is. is the joke. Going to a different that location and acting on. tougher than you are. Some yeah. of that George Michael stuff is genius, though. When well, they're in the in van. In hindsight, it looks a little ill-timed. Well, that's fair but, enough. But, well, and that's not their fault. But, like, uh, so, yeah, I was expecting a little bit more from that. I really like, uh, you know, Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele. And I'm really interested in this Get Out movie that's yeah, coming out, got too. got good buzz at Sundance. Yeah. yeah, so I'm really, I'm, I'm there for that when that comes out. Out, but uh yeah that one was a little off for me i, I mean it's not bad it mm. just was one like i was expecting a little bit mm. more from it did anybody else think one of the funniest movies of the year was pop star never stop never stop oh yeah that's right <laughs> i never <laughs> saw it but i think i think chris likes yeah, it yeah that, Man, that slipped so through the radar because i think i mean it's another movie that's not very marketed very well at all you know it's uh it's a, a fake documentary and they just they don't know if they really sold what yeah. they wanted to sell on that and it was in theaters for like two weeks yeah. I, think, I think my wife's quote coming out of that was i've never been so ashamed to laugh so hard mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a perfect bieber basically yeah. mockumentary yeah. and the lonely island guys i think do knock oh, it out of the park hilarious there's a lot of old comedies that came out like bad moms i didn't like and uh, whiskey tango foxtrot wasn't yeah. very good i mean mm. these bad moms was a huge hit Mm. And I was I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. No, it wasn't. Nah. All right, let's vote. Let's do it. All right, today's order is the last of these orders, by the way. No, because a year from now we'll do 2017. Oh, that's true. Yeah. All right, well, the last for the year. You just have to keep that file handy for a year. Is Chris Barrett. Jeremy and Aaron. Oh yeah. man, putting me on the spot. Yep. On the spot. That's Johnny right. on the spot. With That's the right. Ammo. Well, all year I've been saying hell or high water, so I'm gonna say it here, even with all the movies that I wow. have seen since. I'm going to give Hell or High Water my favorite. I'm impressed with the balls of that pick. I cannot yeah. argue against And I, that. I don't That's, have a negative thing nope. to say about I mean, regarding that pick. I got lots of negative I mean, things to say about it. quite honestly, him. in this last whirlwind of movies that I have watched, I wouldn't be ashamed to say Manchester by the Sea or La La Land mm. or any of those movies. I And I have a feeling of where this is going, but uh, I'm going to say Hell or High Water to be different. So boom. you are such a different guy. You swim against the stream. I am, man. Just don't worry about it. I'm over here being different. I love La La Land on so many different levels, uh, on the superficial level, on the musical level, and on an emotional level. But I'm going to vote for the movie that stuck with me and will probably stick with me for a very, very long time, Manchester by the Sea. Mm. Wow. Uh, that movie, in all the good ways, if there's a good way to kick you in the balls, this movie kicks you in the balls yeah. in a good way. Yes, it does. Um, repeatedly. I think Casey Affleck's performance is one of the best I've seen in the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've never seen anything like it so muted, but yet so expressive. Um, so yeah, and, and I think that, you know, Lucas Hedges, Kyle Chandler, uh, even Gretchen Maul, Matthew Broderick and a blinking Michelle Williams. Yeah. We didn't even mention Michelle Williams. Oh man. Limited screen time has some of the most incredible scenes. Mm -hmm. You talk about fighting back tears and there's, I mean, there's a lot of times where it's very, very emotional indeed. Yes. Uh, but that scene when they first at the funeral where, uh, Michelle Williams, he sees Michelle Williams and everything comes flooding back. Ah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, oh. so that's my pick. That's it's a it's Man, just a great movie. If we're yeah. not careful, it's going to end up going to Deadpool. <laughs> I'm voting La La Land. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, my brother's just wrong, just like he is about <laughs> the Lord of the Rings trilogy. What a dick. Um, he just does he not like Lord of the Rings either? No, 
What? Wow. And if he ever comes to visit and guests on the podcast, we're going to talk about that because it'll be a gang up three against one because we all love those movies. <laughs> yeah. But he every time I see him, he gives me crap about those movies. Um, La La Land is is as close to magic as any movie I've seen in maybe five or ten years. Mm. It made me feel things I wasn't sure movies could make me feel again. Um and I love the whimsical stuff, like when they float up in the planetarium. Um, the songs are phenomenal, even though I might have to argue that Timberlake's song is probably the most deserving. I think that's yeah. such a complete pop song. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but the music is fantastic. The score is great. The leads are engaging. Um, and I had relationships in college that I thought were going to be eternal that weren't. And there's something about the way this movie ends mm. and cheats, like we talked about earlier, that just really brought out the feels for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's La La Land. So right now, you could take us down a swirling vortex or pick one of the three we've <laughs> picked and call it a day. Well, I will just say this. Um, on Sif Pop, when we did the 2016 Movie Awards, our official Sif Pop Movie of the Year was Arrival. Mm-hmm. And, ah. uh, and I would have no problem picking Arrival. It's a great movie, but... La La Land was the best movie. Hey. There you go. In one in one round. Wow. Uh, Arrival would have been my next pick, and then Hell or High Water. I was I was expecting La La Land mm. from all three of you after I said Hell or High Water. I did not expect Manchester by the Sea. I didn't either. I was going to probably say that second mm-hmm. um, because of everything that you just said there. Mm-hmm. There are so many scenes in that movie that are just... Before yeah. I left the house, I swear to God, you don't have to believe me if you don't want to, but I, I almost wrote down on a piece of paper and put it in my pocket... Aaron and Jeremy vote La La Land. Barrett and Chris split. La La Land wins. Oh, no <laughs> I, I was that sure he was voting that way. Only, if only because the way he reacted on Twitter when I finally watched it and said I liked it because you were so happy that I'd I was so seen happy. it. And, uh, and I knew what I was voting. I could have called this. Nice. But, you know, I don't have to prove, so you don't have to believe me. La La Land wins. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and very likely to probably win Best Picture as well. I would think so. I, uh, think, I think it's a shoe in Movie I, about movies. I, I there are some categories that I think people have the wrong idea about. Like I think Denzel's going to win Best Actor. I really think really? that's going to happen. Uh, I I've been calling that, and I I really see that happening. And, but, and, and what makes you say that? Uh, people want him to win. People love him. Uh, nobody's really sold on the other performances. People don't like Casey Affleck. Mm. Uh, politics comes into a lot well, of this stuff. And Casey Affleck has the what the is a sexual harassment case yeah, against I mean, him or there's whatever. There's something I don't mm. I don't yeah. really look into that stuff too deeply. I don't either. I don't care about what you've right. done personal life if i mean i mean if you've murdered someone yeah sure <laughs> um but uh I, you I do have a line what i'm saying <laughs> is is that uh, you can separate the art from a person's personal that's life. exactly what i mean and like a lot of people like to add this stuff well you know he did all this and stuff like you know that he did all this stuff outside of the movie that yeah. you should think well that has nothing to do with the movie yep. so um but uh, yeah, that's interesting. It would be interesting to see him win after Casey Affleck has swept everything, right? He it's not unprecedented. No, uh, did he win the SAG? Did Casey Affleck win the SAG award? Uh, um, I know uh, Emma Stone won the SAG award, which mm-hmm. was uh, which Natalie Portman's been getting a lot of buzz, but that may be fading. I just think you know people talk about uh, Moonlight is is kind of the the main front runner to beat La La Land at this point, mm. and I just think and now there's a groundswell be- behind Hidden Figures. I just don't think there's enough behind any of those movies to to upset. The Don't you think La La that Land. it's like 
like I keep thinking La La Land is it doesn't have a chance to win best song because there's two songs nominated and the audience that wants to vote for a La La Land song is going to be split. So one of the other well, three nominees at, is going to win. It was the same at the Critics' Choice Awards. There were two La La Land songs nominated for and best one, song. One and one of one? Yeah, one of them. City of Stars won. Oh. So what do you think? City of Stars is going to win here or Audition? I, I think City of Stars will win, even though Audition is the better song. Yeah. But They're both I, great, know, though. That's an interesting point, because I think City of Stars is the better song. Because I've listened to them both mm-hmm. many, many times now. And City of Stars, man... Just the duet nature of it and the way that sure. it swells and then just calms back down. And then it's got that theme that runs through the dun 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 And uh, yeah, it's it's a great one. I, I, both of them are terrific. I actually but. think the best song is just that short minute and a half theme for them that he plays in the club that she first hears him. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, Me and Sebastian. Actually, right now thing. I just sang something else. But anyway, no, that's right. close to what I was. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, um, Denzel Washington won the SAG, yeah, uh, which is which is a good indicator because For if Magnificent I'm, Seven, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Death Glare. Um, Denzel Washington won. Uh, that is a good uh, precedent because as we talked before and i do believe actors vote for actors in the academy awards and it's not anybody else mm. so if the if their own peers just put denzel washington up then that's a very good indicator now daniel day lewis won it way back in gangs of new york day i think he yeah. swept everything for that and ended up being adrian brody so yeah. um that would it that's wrong <laughs> yeah, that so yeah. Wrong. We, dis- we discussed how wrong that was Ugh. Uh, long syncast it wasn't going to be one yeah. at, at one point like you know i mean we got a lot of 2016 in there and it's, it felt just like uh all our other best of the years we've been alive yeah. or whatever this has been a lot of fun yeah absolutely uh thanks again aaron dicer oh, my yeah. Pleasure, guys. Yeah. um uh, once again plug where people can find you sure yeah if you're interested in in hearing more your movie friend is the the website and the youtube so you can go to yourmoviefriend.com to see reviews or search for your movie friend on uh, YouTube. Uh, if you want to do a podcast, Sift Pop, S I F T P O P, is the weekly podcast. We have a great time. Uh, myself and uh, Andrew Ormsby from the YouTube channel Flick Freaks uh, are the main two. And then we have kind of a rotating group that come in for a third voice. Uh, and then follow on Twitter. If there's a movie in 2016 you really wish we had talked about, but we didn't, feel free to hit me up on Twitter and I'll chat about it. I with can't you. I believe that, that we missed a whole lot. With, oh I mean, we, we, we did discuss every single movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I will tell you that, that when uh, you guys announced that I was coming in to talk about this stuff, there were several movies. People, hey, please talk about this. I don't think we covered a single one of them. So, you know, <laughs> no, like one guy was like, please talk about this awesome indie movie. And yeah. then he like named something that literally I've never heard of like a piece of fruit in a cup <laughs> it's this indie movie from Chile please talk about it like some people have like the requests I get for what movies we should sin it's always like hey sin city slickers too it's terrible yeah. I'm like uh, we try and do shit people want to hear come it re- on it reminds me uh, I think the, it was the onion with the AV club I know the AV club's an onion product or whatever mm. but they they put out a top 10 one year and it was like nine movies that 
were, did not exist. They were <laughs> the titles were all these pretentious things or whatever, and then the last one was Toy Story 3. <laughs> it's like that Kimmel bit at Coachella where he was like asking attendees on their way in, are you yeah. excited about seeing the walking dogs? And they're yeah. like, oh, it's one of my favorite. Doesn't exist. Yeah, like He just yeah. made up a bunch of fake <laughs> band names. Anyway. Well, if, if you want to talk about a piece of fruit in the cup, just <laughs> hit, hit, me up on, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, it's just my name, at Aaron Dicer, A-A-R-O-N-D-I-C-E-R. We appreciate you coming in again. I love it, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I love you guys. You should move to Nashville and you could do it like on the regular. <laughs> and we could, like fill in some of the gaps that we have uh, in this in this year but I'm, we did a pretty solid job on that yeah. i mean even the ones i hadn't seen you guys had seen some yeah, of well, them, I so. think we plugged the holes pretty well yeah. so uh anyway uh we would like to thank him again and this is chris atkinson barrett share jeremy scott and aaron dicer we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com the documentary i am not your negro is coming out yeah that's another big one yeah. another belcourt uh, movie that's coming mm-hmm. out I, I i am gonna have a hard time asking for a ticket for that though <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah i had the exact same thought yesterday yeah. as i was walking past that post can't, can't we have an alternative title like for, or, or just for white people yeah <laughs> yeah or when I, or when i stop learning to, I, i'm not right Do you guys like, ever have like a like an awkward moment at box office because i saw when i was living in louisville it's i think it's an interesting movie it was the loss of sexual innocence mm-hmm. Do you remember that movie? yeah it was rem- 1999 i remember it i just didn't see it but I, I walked in and it was like I had a break in class and it was like two o'clock p.m. and I had to go up to like this teenage girl that was working. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah, I can tell the loss of sexual innocence. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She just like I'll shake have her head. one ticket to what you'll experience <laughs> yeah. in two years. Right. Because <laughs> the beauty and the the what was that? The cats must have just killed something. <laughs> yeah, I think something just fell. All right. Well, hopefully it wasn't glass. Let's keep going. <laughs> yep. It's Chris's anyway, not mine. We didn't yeah. talk uh, uh, last time about awkward experiences for a, for a critic because I go see everything and often it's alone. So I'm in these packed theaters for like Justin Bieber movies where yeah. moms have their daughters in there and they're eyeballing the middle aged white guy who's in the back, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just like, why are you here? What right. are you doing? I like I feel like I need a big critic like badge or something. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm here to review yeah, the says, movie, not, not, ch- not your children. This is not a weirdo. Yeah, exactly. Not a creeper. Yeah, not a creeper. Could work. Which I'll, is weird. It's ironically it makes you feel seem more like a creeper or a weirdo if you had a badge that said you weren't. <laughs> I felt <laughs> I gotta tell you though, the first Magic Mike was one of my favorite movie going experiences of all time. Because I bet the, because ladies the, crowd. In the crowd were going Oh cr- my crazy. goodness. It was inside I was I was probably one of maybe three men in an entire crowd of about four hundred people or whatever their big theater really? held. It was packed. And they were hooting and hollering the whole time. Yeah. And I just remember, I can, I can say this on your podcast, but not my own. Uh, <laughs> I just remember at the very end, uh, a woman in front of me must, I would say mid fifties, maybe she's a little bit, she stands up and she goes, huh, didn't even get to see his pecker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that this podcast is where you can release the pecker. Yeah. So, well, you this know. is a pecker story safe zone. This is a pecker friendly. That's right. Pecker. Yeah. You should tell her to watch, uh, Watchmen. 
There's lots of dong in that. There too. is, but that's Billy Crudup digitized dong. Well, I don't. How do you know it's digitized? I'm sure it's digitized. Maybe he's just that big. Yeah, maybe. I love. I don't know why, but <laughs> that's I, big. I love that. How scene. do you know he's not blue? <laughs> I love that scene in Game of Thrones when they're gonna they're gonna kill Tyrion, uh, and take his cock. <laughs> yeah. it's like how will the, how will you be able to prove that it's a dwarf's cock yeah, and it's like because yeah. it'll be a dwarf sized cock and the Tyrion's like think again yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then there's this big pause and the guy goes the dwarf lives until we find a cock merchant yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most ridiculous lines yeah, ever yeah well should I give you your gifts now well can, we don't know I, what it is so can I, you can tell I us reward you for, for bringing me into this space yeah, if man. you give it to us now it's probably going to end up okay, in the outtakes because so, <laughs> we haven't introed anything yet yeah. that's alright that's true I so I have some stuff again nothing spectacular just I thought of you guys you know as it kind of arrived at my home and so mm-hmm. I thought I'd present some stuff to you guys so <laughs> let me see what I got here um, we're going in blind everybody yeah this is for chris or anybody who can understand anything about inherent vice oh uh because on the podcast you guys mentioned enjoying that these are some collectible inherent vice cards what nice awesome Um, (laughs) now are you saying that uh i shouldn't be able to understand anything i'm saying anybody who can make heads or tails out of that movie (laughs) is on another level than me because i could not understand anything about that film well understand i've seen inherent vice now probably three or four times oh yeah so a lot of things that i really didn't understand at first now i haven't seen it for a while now so if I tried to tell you what it is about, yeah, I would stumble over yeah, it yeah. a lot because because there's a lot of just weird stuff. But yeah, it's not. I a, have never been as confused coming out of that movie as any other. It's movie. not a. <laughs> it's, it's not a comprehensive. You have to watch it many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even deep. even after the many times, you're not gonna. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's ever meant to be that type of movie. Was it Sicario it. that none of you guys had watched yeah. during? Okay, so I brought you the, the script from Sicario. In Ooh. case you don't want to watch it, you can, you can read well, it. Well, and so. I have now seen it. Um, in fact, uh, who would like the script to Sicario? I'll take it. Yeah. You know, they're making the Sicario. screenplay, I should say. Are they now? And it was pub- just announced officially today That's that awesome. uh, he's going to make Dune. So that guy's going to be busy. Interesting. Because he's finishing up the Blade Runner sequel, mm-hmm. and he's going to make Dune and Sicario too. Yeah, the guy is going to make Dune. Yeah, that's oh, just yeah. Shit. talking about it today. The guy Denis works Villeneuve? a lot. Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Denis okay, Villeneuve. Cool. He, uh, yeah. It, the, after after our episode where uh, we were all like, "Well, we hadn't seen Sicario. We're fuckheads." Yeah. Um, I went the next day. I watched Sicario. What do you think? Love Sicario. Yeah, it's. I for me, it's that the border scene. Mm-hmm. Is one of the most intense scenes I've seen in any oh, film ever. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. That's one of those. That's one of those like just highly memorable. Boy, I I I can't wait to see that one again when I get around to it. Type of scenes. Uh, this is for Barrett, mm-hmm. uh, based almost solely on a tweet you sent me uh, after you talked about this movie. Uh, this is a screenplay for Inside Lewin Davis. Oh yeah! Oh <laughs> wow! <laughs> Uh, in case you want to read it and see how beautiful the circular aspect of the story is. You know how, how many people have told us to give that another shot? just like a record spinning, you know, and it's just, it's, you know, maybe it'll come am, to you I in the I am literally going to read this like, probably really? this weekend. Nice. Because we did get a lot of comments about that. Like, oh, you got to give it a, another shot. And I did just see, I think I saw it when it first came out and then I saw it recently. And I still just did not like it. I, I loved the performances, but... Yeah, I'm going to get into this. Is this a movie, though, that is getting that gets more um, positivity out of the circular aspect of it than the actual movie as a whole? Possibly. 
because that's the way I feel about it. Like if I were to watch this movie again, I would still have to sit through a lot of like singing scenes and like, you know, stuff that's not terribly exciting mm-hmm. to get to this, you know, oh, that trippy ending. You yeah. Know? Um, but you know, yeah, maybe I'll have to watch it again. I know, a- I know when I watched it the first time I, 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 I kind of like, I mean, I liked it, mm. but then it sort of like it fell for me over, over time. Uh, this one's obviously for Jeremy. This is the screenplay to the Martian. Oh, yeah. that'll complete my trifecta now. That's perfect. You get the book. I have the you... book and the movie. There now you go. The screenplay. Yeah. This is great. I actually talked my wife into watch, uh, reading the book. Yeah. And she like can't put it down. She started last night and she was like, I love this. Mm-hmm. So do, yes. do, you yeah. guys, do you guys like read screenplays? Because it's a really interesting thing. You know, they're so different than even just watching the movie because you get an idea of, you know, the side notes and what the director. I just the screenplays. Well, are great. No, I, like I used them, to read them I, all the time. Yeah, I have a few and I have a few here. Um, <laughs> I have the three uh, original Star Wars scripts and mm-hmm. I have Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pulp Fiction was really interesting to watch, uh, to read because there's. There's a part in there where um, where uh, Bruce Willis, during his like uh, run up to his apartment, is basically saying, this is my World War Three right here. This is just like blah, blah. We all know that it's I, I'm pretty sure that Quentin Tarantino read this part of the script and go and said they kind of understand this is the struggle that he has to go through to mm-hmm. get the gold watch like all yeah. the ancestors did and everything. And he cut that out. Thank uh-huh. God, because that whole scene is just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. It w- <laughs> and, it, and I don't he would have been saying it to himself or it would have been narration <laughs> or something. So uh, he's yeah. just got that one line. That's how you're going to get him, Butch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to keep underestimating. Keep underestimating. Uh, next for Barrett, uh, since you're kind of the music guy in the room, right? Like, uh-huh. okay. A lot of gifts. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's like Christmas. This is uh, a uh, happy signed by Pharrell. Ooh. Oh, oh, snap. Holy shit. Ooh. You're so, getting quite the collection of weird autographs. Hell yeah, baby. Also, uh, screenplay for Arrival. For oh, nice. Ha-ha. And then, my, my brother got me the book, the short story anthology that yeah. that was based on, and I'm dying to dig into it because mm-hmm. like i've read that all of the short stories in that are great and chris i don't know if you're the poster guy but i brought you a poster of and i'm not even sure how you feel about the movie because it was this year mm-hmm. he is the poster guy i though. am but definitely a poster the guy. poster this boy is, uh, for posters Man- manchester by the sea and I... signed by the director oh, oh shit kenneth lonergan yeah <laughs> that I... is badass <laughs> yeah it is we're so... gonna have to find a way to hang this up somewhere because yeah, I did. I did. Spoiler alert. Enjoy Manchester <laughs> by the Sea. Um, well, if this is in the outtakes, they already know. So that yeah. is rad. And one more. Uh, this is a limited edition lithograph, uh, Jeremy, for you from uh, Big Hero Six. Nice. I know you're a fan. Whoa. So they made 500, I think. And, Woo. And it's numbered in the, and it's the look skyline. This is all yeah. this oh, yeah, paraphernalia the, yeah, up man. in here. He got some swag for his. <laughs> We're in the wrong business, can play though. This on yes. your record player, man. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. seven inch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is awesome, dude. Orange, fine. So yeah. Well, shit. We can't say bad stuff about you anymore. There you <laughs> go. That's nope. all it's about. He heard that... us badmouth him that one That's after right. he left. Yeah, We're like yeah, that yeah. bastard Aaron Dyson. Yeah, and yeah. He's like, I'll fix them with gifts. That's right. Kill For... him with kindness. Pharrell spells his name with a four. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness, though, thank you guys. I oh, really yeah. appreciate That's you having awesome. me on. Oh, thanks for all the awesome gifts. Yeah. Blast to be here. So. Absolutely. 